that they, that movie cracks me up. Just when he, he tries to say Paddington's like bear name, he's like Mr. Brown. He hasn't seen yeah. it. That is, you've seen Paddington. No, I've seen Paddington. Oh, you have? Who yeah. has? Was it you, Ben? I have not gotcha. seen Paddington. One of us hasn't seen it. I am the one. One of the most perfect. I haven't seen Paddington two. two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just Mr. Brown. That is incredibly rude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It Maybe is pretty good. Like <laughs> the most wholesome movie ever made. Like yeah. truly. Like I it's think so. It's like emo- almost more than than. Pooh Christopher Bear. Robin. Yeah, like that mm. movie. Again, I haven't watched it either, but I'm just like, man, if I want to be in a good mood. Oh yeah, that's what happened. Like the other day, I was like, I want to be in a good mood. Should I'll just do a Paddington two watch after Ben watches Paddington. I'll yeah. watch Paddington again. Hell yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, welcome to episode 155 of the Fake Nerd <laughs> <Mother> Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sparks Witty. I'm joined today by Brandon T. McClure, Ben Magnet, and Ryan Eliopoulos. That's fantastic, wow, everyone. That's Go good. see Patty. Wow, <laughs> that, that happened. That actually happened. Just so you guys Pick know. sliding intro. Just so you guys know, he tricked us into an intro. <laughs> I, love, I love tricks. They're for kids. Wow. Oh. Well done, sir. Hey, I mean, you know, was that my authorial intent, or is that just your interpretation? Oh, oh shit! Oh, what are we talking about today? I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you guys may Sparks. notice that Jen is not here. Uh, she had to reschedule. Oh yeah, that's yeah. correct. So uh, we are going. She's she's gonna be on next week. Heck but yeah. Ben yeah. is back. Yeah, welcome back, Ben. I'm not dead. You're not sick anymore. Yay! I'm glad you're back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I missed you guys. I missed you too, bud. Yeah, I, was, I felt really bad when I woke up that last uh, Sunday and I wasn't able to come on the show. I mean, because like what Sparks said, because I was at Disneyland the day before, but when I, while I was there, that's when, because when I get sick, it's like, it's always in stages. It's sore throat, fever, and then death, or what feels like death. And right when I was about to say that got <laughs> really uh-huh. quickly. It, it, it's, what resurrected. Feel, it's what feels like death to me. Um, ben gets 1860s sick. Got it. So <laughs> we need leeches mm, and oh, we're going to drill a hole in your head. Oh, no, let's not. Let's Make not do that. Make the spirits escape. No. But, so, that solves all your problems. Yeah, the lobotomy. Well, halfway, da- halfway when I was enjoying my day at Disneyland, which was a, d- a fun day at Disneyland, I had a great, my friend and I, we had a great time. Um, except the f- well, like halfway into our day, the sore throat just like um, backhands me right across the face. So I go through the rest of the day like popping halls like Tic Tacs to soothe my sore throat. Mm-hmm. And we're waiting in line for the tram. That's when the chills get in. Right when I get home, I feel like I have 102 degree fever or something. Yeah, I was not in a good mood. Yeah. Or I was I was just feeling horrible. I woke up the next day and I'm like, my like uh, I should my, be on the podcast. Yeah, like my girl, my girlfriend like feels my forehead. She's like, babe, you should stay home. I'm like, I'm dying. Hey yeah, man, it's allowed. I probably should. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're back and feeling yeah. better. I feel a whole lot better, and I watched a lot of media this week. Holy crap. I'm glad. Let's talk about it. Yeah. What do uh, you got? You go first. Oh, shit. I guess I go Yeah, home. we're going go roll, rolling in the deep, uh, baby. Yeah, so while I was I was homesick, I was watching The Boys. Hey, and I, I know about you. I actually finished the whole thing. You finished so, the whole thing while we were recording last week. Yeah. that's <laughs> Like, you were texting us. Uh, I, got, I got two more episodes left. One more episode left. Okay, I'm done. Can I come over? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, because we, we had to do uh, our last episode of Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Hello, over. darkness, my old friend. Yo, yeah. man, the boys is real good. I know we talked about it. No, I <laughs> really, really like that show. Second season's in that, the works right now, baby. Hell yeah. Zero, well, so like my two cents of the boys because you guys talked really well uh, a whole lot of it. Did you all finish it? One episode uh, left. No. One episode. Behind. Okay. Um, it's we thought there were seven episodes, so we watched there, seven, and then there's actually eight. There's keep, eight. Keep we in mind, Ben, you're gonna get to say a lot because we're doing a fake nerd watch boys special with you. Cool. I really enjoyed it. That's, yeah. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say about the boys. Um, I started watching Nightfall. Have you guys heard of that show? Is that the Mark Hamill one? Um, Mark Hamill's in season two. Okay, so, so the first season. Uh, so I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, it's about the Knights of the, uh, it's like, uh, Knights of the Templar back in the, in the 13th century uh, trying to find the Holy Grail. I really like that show. It's like a uh, history accurate Game of Thrones because there's so much backstabbing. 
and, yeah. and I it, like it's I a like his, it. it's History Channel, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's I think it was their answer after Vikings. Oh, that makes sense. So they had Vikings, then they had Nightfall, and since I love like all the knights and the and all that jazz, I'm like, yeah, I really dig the show. And also, I started watching. I finished Nightfall this week. I also finished an anime last night after I saw Scary Stories called High Score Girl on Netflix. Is it about video games? It is. Figures. Yeah. It's I do not like the animation style. It's in the C, it's in the same CG animation style that a lot of the Netflix animes um are in. And so cheap. <laughs> I I hate the style, but god damn you know it what does. I noticed about that about that animation style? What? Sorry Ben, real quick. Uh, I was watching a review for um, Godzilla Monster Planet cuz I hate myself. Mm-hmm. And, I like, <laughs> and I was watching this review and they're like, "I don't get this animation. Look how stiff they are. And yet her boobs are the most jiggly things I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, that's well that's an an anime problem maybe. And I was like Oh my god, you're so right. Like nobody has any motion, but her boobs are like differently animated. Yeah. Okay. There's All also right. a lot of video games that have that problem too. Yeah. We're like, wow, your model looks really bad, but man, that boo physics are really working. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy. See, Dead or Alive. Yes. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I eat Dead or Alive series. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Volleyball games, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. But uh, I score. I it's an anime that I I do not like the animation style, but. Damn it! That I mean, the whole series takes place in the early '90s. One, so like as the show. Is it about arcades? Yeah, it's about oh, arcades. Okay. So it's you got like King of Fighters, the release of Street Fighter Two Turbo. Came oh, out. there's real games in it. Yeah, real games, oh, real sprite I might have work. To watch this. It is. I I really dig it. It takes it. Um, and also there's a season two coming because after I finished it, um, there is a love story just thrown in there because I guess it has to. But it's Anime. it's really good. I, it, for it, it's a, one of those things that when you're watching, it's like yeah, this is an anime Ben definitely likes. Yeah. Uh, Irene Ko, who does the art for the Legend of Korra comics, she just she started her own uh, web comic that's about um, fighting game communities, but it's like really anime and like super like Scott Pilgrim like, but in like Evo tournaments. Uh, oh. So um, so that makes me think of that. I'm like, that me- I'm I want more video game stuff. So like that actually sounds now that like Street Fighter is actually in it, like that sounds pretty cool. Oh yeah, it's, um, like the main character, he's hanging out with this one girl, and she's like, yeah, well, my dad has an arcade machine, and you could just come over and play whenever you want. And they're supposed to go to a Christmas party, but then her dad shows. I was like, hey, I just got the the motherboard for Street Fighter Two Tur- Super, uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, and he's all freaking out. So they skip the Christmas party and stay at the at her um at her convenience store and outside in the snow playing uh Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. That's cute. It's it's a really cute scene. Well, one thing, real quick anecdote about arcade games in the 90s. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, is known for having, you know, like like secret fatalities, secret characters, secret endings, all that stuff. They used to change out the boards for the arcade games monthly to to keep uh, people, like, out of the loop on what this was in the game. So, like, they would add fatalities and they would add secret stuff, like, months really? after the game was out. Much like a patch now, but that was super expensive, but Mortal Kombat was, like, the first to do that. And that's why I got so much traction, so much popularity, because there were so many secrets that were constantly getting renewed. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome! Yeah. Also well, really expensive! Hey, Ryan. What up? Mortal Kombat's in the show. Okay. It's in a high score girl. Hell it's yeah, not, it's not as prominent as Street Fighter, but it's in there. Hey, man, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. It's really cool. It is cool. So I, I watched a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yay, <laughs> yay, yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you what's up? I uh, I played some more Zelda. Ben. Yeah. I beat the four divine beasts. They're oh, the four bosses of the game. I went to Calamity Ganon. I was unprepared. You got I your thought ass I was going to be able to beat the final boss like the same night that I beat the other four bosses. Hey, I need to prepare a lot more. Holy shit! <laughs> you gotta go to a lot of shrines, buddy. I not even that. I just didn't have enough weapons. 
Like, oh. I just, all my shit broke. Oh, no. Uh, so I have to, like, actually prepare to, to beat the game. But I'm at the end game, which is really cool. The no, game the is screenshot no. you sent me. So in, in the Legend of Zelda, in Breath of the Wild, you get the Master when you get, you get the master Sword. Oh, my God, Ben, that eventually. was such an ordeal. <laughs> the, to get I killed myself so, almost so many times. Because, like, I, I, so to get the Master Sword, you have to be, you have to have a, a lot of hearts. And you gain hearts by doing shrines. But if you do it before you're strong enough, then it'll kill you. And the Deku Tree is like, yo, Link, you're not strong enough. But I kept trying it, and I kept trying it. And I and I eventually just did like 20 shrines in a row for like hours, and I got the Master Sword, and I sent Ben a screenshot, and I was like, yeah. I feel accomplished. So you got the <laughs> the Master Sword is great, but the way he sent it, because um, you can change your costume. Oh, I was dressed like out. a girl. Yeah, he was dressed like a girl. Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> plot about you having to dress like a girl to get into this town that's only women, and they don't let men in. So you have to dress like a woman. And I'm the like, oh, there's some really weird things about this game. I don't know what the message is you're trying to send here, Nintendo. It's very interesting. It's the Gerudo. There's no message. They just like weird things. Yeah, it's true. The Gerudo are super dope. Yeah, bunch they of, are. Bunch of cool ladies living in the desert. It's yeah. too hot. Get out of the desert. Yeah, but that screenshot you sent me of wearing the, the skies, I'm like, oh, that's I'm great. basically wearing like that a skirt great. and a belly shirt and one of those masks that Will Smith wears in Wild Wild West. <laughs> I look like that character, but with the Master Sword. <laughs> it's uh, great. It's great. Uh, so that's Zelda. I did that. Um, I didn't do much entertainment because Sparky Sparks was not here. So uh, I was crying by myself a lot of the time. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I did uh, read House of X number two. And uh, that, I also read that. That is a truly, uh, you know, like in The Sixth Sense when you watch the whole movie and then you find out the twist and it makes you revisit the entire movie in a new light? That's what House of X does for the last 60 years of X-Men history. It's mind-blowing. And it every issue keeps upping the ante. And I just, I cannot believe that Marvel is allowing this to happen because it is... It is the only thing that like image comics allow. It is it is bananas, and uh, you guys should really pick this up because it's it's a uh, it's like history in the making. My girlfriend is uh, picking up the X Men titles, yes. uh, so I'm reading it off of her. I'm not caught up. I haven't read Powers of X yet. Um, there's only three issues. I'll probably do it this week. Yeah. Um, but when I remember, I think Joshua Yale tweeted the, that, the IGN guy. Yeah, like whether or not you're reading or not, it's kind of great to see everyone. Just the conversation talking about this, like yes. the Twitter conversation about comics, is just dominated by X Men, and I've never seen this before. Yeah, because X Men have been kind of stagnant for almost fifteen years. Yeah, but like I, I you don't even see like you see like twi like comic Twitter talk about some things, but you don't see like Twitter. Patrick Willems, who's like a YouTuber, talking about it. Like other people outside of comics who are vaguely in the comics. Yeah. Patrick's in the comics, but like people who are outside are like, "Well, this is getting my attention." Uh, it's because of Jonathan Hickman, and that yeah. dude, that dude is only a bold storyteller. He's not someone who does something. Uh, generic or just to do it. He, so I found this out. He's been uh, attached to the X Men for over two years. Really? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So all this stuff with Legion was true, and he decided he did not want to do DC. He wanted to, he can either do a Legion book or he can take over the X Men. Yeah. So he's been planning this for two years, which makes me even sadder for Matthew Rosenberg, who's been writing the X Men for the last two years, knowing his story was going to end and be thrown away. Right. But if you have a chance to write the X Men, why don't you do it? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cool and kind of sad, but uh, yeah, he's had this plan and like. Man, every issue is like, wow, you really thought this out, like hardcore, my man. Uh, so like, I'm, it's it's true. It's the most exciting time in comics since Secret Wars, we're which probably, he also wrote. We're I, probably never getting Dying in the Dead number four, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I forgot about that book, my man. I really like that book. Yeah, Ryan, I have to say, you don't you don't have no idea how happy it makes me that every time I open my Twitter, I see you talking to other people on Twitter about how great X Men is. I, I don't know. It just makes me happy. It's like, man, he is talking about X-Men. I don't, yeah. I don't. Other people are talking about X-Men, not just comic people. It's like, man, this is great. 
I, this is really great. I, I've had Twitter for a long time, but I haven't really used it like aggressively until the last couple months, and especially you know, since a month ago, like when I started reading these X Men books. Comic Twitter has been so fun, and I've and I don't have any followers, but I've gained a lot of followers just through talking about comics, and that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's just it's really nice to talk about something you really love with people who love it. Yeah. It's really cool. There's, it's, there's not not enough of that. These yes, days. especially with comics, because nobody oh, reads yeah. comics. Yeah. I mean, like comics, Twitter reads comics, but, the, uh, but nobody in the world like yeah. it's not a Marvel movie. So that that was mostly my week. Uh, Spark. I have very little to add for this week because I had almost zero time to consume anything media-wise. Uh, most of that was whittled down to listening to podcasts on long drives. Uh, I was out of town most of this week. I went back to Monterey mm-hmm. to see my folks and to see friends and take care of things there. Because How are folks and friends? They're good. Um, I talked to a lot of people who are people who listen to this podcast, and we talked about things oh, we're no. doing on the podcast and things they're excited about. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about this thing. And they're like, oh, that sounds real neat. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, you know, eight months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was it was really nice. Uh, I caught up with our friend Jeremy Vellucci. Um, oh, yeah, a lot of man. other friends of the podcast, people who have been on, Marty, Sam, all of them. Um, I had a, a brief moment with a lot of people. Um, oh, speaking of Jeremy Vellucci... Uh, because we don't hear this, but our our new intro was attached to this episode. Oh, oh correct, yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, gave Jeremy us made new intro and outro and outro. So you'll hear both. You'll hear both of those. Um, sound really cool. I'm and if you're watching our episodes on YouTube, then there should be a new video to go along with them. Heck yeah! Very so. cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He and I talked a little bit of suburban proctologist. We talked a little bit of this. Um, some things for this. Uh, Something for our um, downright nerdy crossover episode. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about that too. Um, yeah, I, rea- yeah. I realize I'm I'm very prepared for the downright nerdy po- uh, crossover. It's not for like five months, so I'm just yeah. like, That's well, good. I think I yeah. jumped the gun on this one. Um, Michael Carl's posted out a thing thanking me because I I mailed him a bunch of gifts. And yeah, I saw yeah. that. He's a cool guy. Uh, I'm glad that that those gifts arrived safely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lot, lots of lots of collaborative stuff talking about and all that. But otherwise, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I think I've got a new video game I'm going to want to pick up real quick because it's short and What's it called? sounds great. It's on the Switch. It's called Gato Roboto. Yep. Yeah, you're familiar. Yeah. Uh, it's a side-scroller about a cat that jumps in a robot in space. All right, then. Uh, so, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so I think I'm going to pick that up uh, in the near future. Uh, talk to our friend Marty. Uh, saying we need to hop on Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. With I haven't him played that much of it, it so and, uh, I'm ready to do it. it online, so hell yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I, I didn't get to see any movies this mm-hmm. week. I didn't get to complete any shows. Uh, everything up on YouTube. Uh, you still up. got YouTube stuff out. I did get YouTube stuff out uh, from Monterey. I exported everything to a flash drive and then took it with me so I could upload it. Sweet. Um, but that's how we got out our last. We got Swamp two thing. finales. We got two finales. We got our last Swamp Thing episode out for Fake Nerds Watch, which is very sad. And our last Shadow of the Colossus Basement Arcade episode out. Whoop, 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 whoop. And one of our podcast episodes. And the rest of it I was going to catch up on, but I wasn't here, so I wasn't able to. So this next week will be a big catch-up week. Any ideas, teases you want to tease for Basement Arcade? I mean, we, we, we've said it before. We're doing Sonic Mania next. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to be playing yeah. that. Uh, Ryan's going to be playing it. I'm going to be watching. I actually, Ryan, I just uh, was uh, replaying Sonic Mania the, uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, it, I, that game's great. 
I've been listening to, to the soundtrack. I've been listening to the soundtrack again. I'm like, man, this game is awesome. And, uh, I'm so happy you're gonna play just, it. Just, I just remembered. Launch. I forgot to tell you guys, but I I brought back some Xbox games that I know work on Xbox One. Ooh. Uh, so some stuff we can do there. Hell yeah. Uh, but yes. Uh, so they'll be doing Sonic Mania. That's going out this week. The first episode. Yeah. We no, haven't recorded it in a while. Okay. No, we're we're taking a, a, a little a hiatus. hiatus. I yeah. wasn't sure. Okay. And, uh, Mostly for scheduling reasons. <laughs> yeah. Fake nerd watch. Fake nerds watch. Uh, we don't know exactly what what the next like week by week thing is going to be. We are doing two specials in the near future. One is going to be talking about Stranger Things season three, which you're on, Brandon. Yeah. And another is uh, Ben Ryan and I are going to talk about the entire season of the boys. Whoop, whoop. Um, and we'll put those we'll put those out really soon. Uh, but as far as a week to week thing, we still are undecided. Okay then. Um, I read Absolute Carnage number one. That's a that's a, a terrifically awesome, way too expensive comic book. <laughs> I cannot wait to read it. I'm very stoked. That, that was, was an expensive. It's, book. it's sixty issue. It's sixty issues. It's sixty pages though, so it's three comics. Yeah, sure. But it's I don't need to spend eight bucks on a comic. Eight bucks? Well, but it's I mean, three like, issues. Yeah, but I mean, like House of X one was fifty, and that's that ten less pages, and it was two less dollars. <laughs> but the next issue for Absolute Carnage will be like four. I think. Yeah. I think it's. We're going down a standard event pricing after this. Um, let's see. I did. Uh, I watched Midsummer. Yeah, and you liked it. I really liked it. Man, yeah. that makes me so happy, Brandon. Yeah. I like because that is such a strange movie. Like every person, whether you like horror or not, like you can walk in loving it or walk out hating it. So, yeah. like the fact you liked it, I think you're really gonna like Hereditary. Then, uh, since you brought that up, I will clear this up because we have talked about how Ryan and I have wanted to do a Midsummer discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ryan and I discussed it, and we've decided in October. What Spooky we'll do, time. we'll do a double uh, review special on Midsommar and Hereditary, both films by Ari Aster, mm-hmm. uh, which you both can are welcome to be The part most of. oppressing um, double feature of all time. And that'll be part of our, our Halloween time releases. I'm not sure if I'd want to do that, because while I did like Midsommar, I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. Yeah. It, it was a, R- really? It, well, it's like to... I have a lot to think about. Yeah. But like I don't really have a lot to just be like... Yeah, they're da, 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 like we, we normally do. Like I just kind of feel like I want to sit on it and, and I mean, think this, about it. This is in two months, so you and got maybe, time to think about it. Maybe that'll change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I posted on on Instagram because I I post all my movies that I watch on Instagram, and I was just like, it starts with like the most horrible thing that could ever happen to anybody, and then it doesn't get better. Yeah, yeah, um, yep, I love it. <laughs> and yep. like I was glued, and we watched a really late showing. We went at like ten thirty, and it's like two hours. Two it's a hours long plus, movie. Yeah, and. Uh, my Were there people there? Yeah, that's Packed so house. surprising. House. I can't believe it's still in theaters. Actually, my my girlfriend loved it; like she adored it. And I just kind of sat there, like I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was, it, it was. I think Hereditary is a better movie too. So I, I I'm really excited for you to see Hereditary because yeah. I think that is a a better version of what type of movie he likes to make. Yeah. Because this is honestly, uh, Midsummer is kind of more straightforward in a weird way, and whereas it, Hereditary is a lot more uh, crazy. Hereditary is definitely because when I first got out, I was like, oh, I liked it. And like as I'm, I'm like as the more I think about it, the more like I appreciate it and look more I enjoy it. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also saw scary stories to tell in the dark. Same. Uh, ben, you also saw that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was a fun time. Yeah. Did you guys see it? No. No. There was oh. a point towards the end. <laughs> and there was well, I, I was wondering if Ryan saw it, but I knew you weren't able to see it. I see movies with sparks. <laughs> so if he didn't see it, I didn't see it. Aww. But now we can go without Ben. Yeah. I was thinking, when are we going to go this week? I'd been thinking about it in my head. I'm like, when are we going to go? Because I want Ben to come with us. And Ben already saw it. So F you, Ben. We'll <laughs> go without you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Fanny wanted to go see it. Turn so. his mic off. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I saw... Uh, I, I, there was a point with Scary Stories that uh, never happened to me before in a horror movie where I was just kind of sitting there going like, okay, I'm done being scared. Can we... 
Can you just tell me what's happening and we can move on? Like, uh, like it was too scary or there was so much scaring that like it kind of like it faded over you. Like, oh, it doesn't scare me anymore. Well, it, so I'm a, I'm a baby. Yeah. Um, so sc- scary movies like really do a number on me. But there was a point in the scary stories to tell in dark where I was just I just wanted to know more about the mystery of what was happening in the in the in the movie. Then I wanted to be scared. I was just kind of like, okay, I know we got to do the scares, but like, can we wrap up the like story? more story? Gotcha. I, wanted, I want more story. Uh, not a criticism, just kind of where I was at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the story a lot. I like all the actors. I thought they were all really good. Um, it's an interesting one because it is structured in a way that you know when it's going to start getting scary. Isn't it just like spooky or goosebumps? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah. Uh, this is definitely like a PG thirteen version of Goosebumps, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, because like the the most recent horror movies we saw are all rated R. There's a lot. There's some blood. There's some death. Um. Well, there's a lot there's of blood. Some good imagery in this. There's movie some too. really like there's a scene involving a kid under the bed that got me. That oh, was the, a scene. Yeah. That was a scene that got me. And there's another scene in the in the red hallways where I was thinking it was gonna go one way, but yeah. didn't. But that. I want to say the really good thing about this movie for me is that it, I mean, yes, it has jump scares, but it also has like edge on your seat and every worst case scenario is going through your head. And then when you see it actually happens, you're like, that's still freaking scary. Also packed house. Awesome. I saw yeah. it with the packed house. Uh, it wasn't super packed, but we had a decent amount of people in my theater. Yeah. Did anything else come out this week? Uh, yes. The kitchen. Right. Oh, I know another thing I saw. That's getting terrible reviews. Yeah. I'm oh, so sad. I'm sorry. So I saw once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh. oh, yeah, I didn't see that with you. Yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, not my favorite. Yeah. I, I still really enjoyed it, but I well, after, when I was listening to you guys talk about it, I have to agree with Brandon. It is a uh, – there are some parts of that movie that could get cut and make it shorter. It was way too long. Yeah. I My whole thing is, like, uh, I feel – and I'm not editing the movie, and I'm not an editor, so mm-hmm. you know maybe I'm wrong. But I feel that there are points in the movie that you could cut out and you wouldn't change anything about the movie. Mm-hmm. You would just kind of shorten the runtime and make it a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, but, you know. I mean, it's still a good movie. I still walked out of the way. Oh, that's pretty cool. But I really didn't start, like, super liking it until the very end of the movie. Sure. Like, where. Um, Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it for oh. people who haven't, who haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. The audience. Seen it, but the audience. <laughs> yeah. um, I also saw Her. Uh, I watched Her. For the first time? For the first time. Uh, that was my favorite movie of the year when that came out. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, it did not go anywhere that I thought it was going yeah. to go. Uh, I was really, I was really interested. Joaquin Phoenix, man, he's so good. And uh, it's one of the movies on that list. Is it really? Yeah. So I. Uh, oh shit! We need to watch that, guys. So because we were talking about like my girlfriend and I were talking like what movies we wanted to see and like just for whatever reason, her came up. I was listening like, to the Moon Song literally like two days ago. Yeah. That Karen L wrote that Scarlett Johansson sings, yeah. and that's the movie that made me fall in love with Scarlett Johansson's voice because yeah. I'm a fan of raspy voices. And boy, when she's just talking to me, like she's I, got oh, a music great. career, you know. Career? Well, <laughs> she has albums. <laughs> she has songs out. <laughs> she has albums. Yeah, so does Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, let's laugh at that, too. I like Jeremy Renner's albums, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> Honey, no. <laughs> Wait, is it albums or albums? Look, album? I like boy bands. I understand sounds that. sounds like a boy band. Brandon, I understand that you missed Three Doors Down, but that phase in our lives are is over. It will it's never over. be over. <laughs> it will never be over. I will go see the Backstreet Boys in concert, sir. It will never be over. Damn it. I'll that. see the Backstreet Boys. I won't see Jeremy no, Renner. My friend actually went and saw Backstreet Boys for her birthday just All recently. Right. Yeah, they were. Oh, I see what you did that there. Was, yeah. That was well done. That was very well. Yeah, I have to agree. So yeah, so I saw I saw her. I liked her. Um, I love Scarlett Johansson. Um, she could play anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. God. Um, yeah, it didn't go anywhere I thought it was going to go, but I I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. I finished Stranger Things. Obviously, I've 
caught up on Action Comics. My God, guys. I, f- I, I don't know what, what I'm missing from Action Comics that I'm, cur- that, I'm, that I'm reading it, but like... It's still not doing it for you? So it's... Because I haven't read it. It is half doing it for me and half not. It is the most conflicting... Sometimes, when I read a lot of the books that I pick up, like Mortal Hulk or, or Venom, or Justice League Dark or Justice League, I can put it down and go, wow, that was great. Mm-hmm. When, I put, when I put down Action Comics, I'm like, okay... And like I don't, so like I'm kind of like thinking about my reaction to things because I'm trying to cut down on my poll. But I'm read, I'm reading it. Like part of the reason is I think Bendis, Bendis has a good voice for Superman and a shit voice for Lois Lane. He's got a good voice for um, who's another character? The question. I love his question. I hate his Batman. Like I, I like go back and forth whenever these characters show up. Like I like them. I like some of the characters. I hate some of the other characters. Um, and that just comes from the fact that he's not written these characters before. Uh, so that could change as, mm-hmm. as time goes on. Hey, man, I'm not reading the Iron Man book. Like, you don't have to... If the book's not doing it for you anymore, you don't have to buy it. Right. And so, uh, like, I'm, But as I'm reading action comics, I'm really interested in the mystery of what of what he's building in action comics. I don't know... I'm not interested in Superman that much anymore, but, but what's happening with the Leviathan and with the Invisible Mafia, like, that storyline is doing it for me. Is it actually an Invisible Mafia? No. Damn it. That's an awesome idea. That storyline is doing it for me, but the characters aren't doing it for me. And so, like, I'm having this really conflicted feelings of reading this book. Like, I like it, but I don't. And and it's no, there's no, like, in-between there for me. Um, That's fair. I, again, like, I'm, I'm, I've read the least of it. I read the first... Six issues of I read the that Man of Steel mini, mini, and then I read a couple of issues of of Superman in action. I was like, this is good, but like, uh, it's not doing anything super different for Superman for me. Yeah. And as much as I like Bendis, I had to cut stuff out and like Venom and like Immortal Hulk, like those kind of books are doing such a strange new thing where I'm like, "Uh, I got to make some cuts, and it's sad that Bendis is the one that's getting cut. Yeah, and so I want to be reading a Ben and Superman book. And it's also my, my issue that I had with Wonder Comics. Uh, his teenagers, and I've noticed this. I noticed this a little bit with Riri Williams, uh, but I'm noticing it a lot more with like Wonder Comics and the fact that he's writing like every teenage superhero in DC right he, now. He loves them. <laughs> it's his thing. They all sound the same. Yeah. And like I I'm they he writes his teenagers the exact same way every single time, and I and it never comes off as genuine to me. It always comes off as a 40 year old man writing a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- now that works for some people and like the voice isn't like malicious. He's not doing a bad job at it. It's just I don't get it when I'm reading Tim Drake and Connor Kent and Impulse and they all sound like the same person. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. I, I, I haven't read that, but like I there are plenty of comics where I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Because Bendis definitely does have he works great with uh, I'm talking about like his like uh, his X-Men and his Avengers stuff. Yeah. He works great with big groups. And I think why his Avengers and X-Men work are so well work so well is because those are a bunch of old people. Yeah. They're not teenagers. Yeah. And teenagers are, you know, they're younger, they're underdeveloped, they're learning who they're trying to be, so they are, they can be written kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of a shame. Because I think his his Miles obviously is great. His Miles is great. Yeah. His Peter Parker was great. Yeah. Um but like nowadays, like Bendis, like Riri Williams, like post Riri Williams, and I want to say specifically Riri uh, had a similar problem for me. But as I'm reading the, these these characters, um, they don't sound like real teenagers, and that's unfortunate to me because I like a lot of these characters. I love Tim Drake. I, I love think Impulse. The book club that we read today has some really great teenager uh, a talk. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Kane. Yeah. I think she's a she writes young people very well. And that was my issue. With she's Super- also way younger. That was than my Bendis. issue with Superman. When I was reading Superman and reading uh, uh, John Kent, when he showed up, I was like, oh, you just sound like Bendis writing a teenager. You don't sound like John Kent. 
and that was a, that, that was kind of where that kind of hit me like oh i may not like this run anymore or at all um but i caught up on avengers as well uh not caught up i haven't hit war of the realms yet but i've I finished the vampire wars for avengers <laughs> holy shit you guys the avengers vampire wars is awesome yeah guys blade's dope blade's great blade is so cool and, i love uh, the blade being an avenger <laughs> and Robbie goes to hell and meets Johnny Blaze, who's got a flaming crown above yeah. his head. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, Love it. And then once you get to War, in the Realm, War of the Realms, that's man. Yo, know, it's Spider-Man riding on a Pegasus yeah. with Thor, like, fighting a frost giant. Like, it's, it's some good shit. Can't wait. It's my next, it's my next arc. That hell I'll yeah, baby. Avengers. Anyway, uh, that said, I almost screwed up my computer. We're oh, fine. my gosh. We're, we're fine. still recording. Um I need help, guys. Yes, what's not up? Fr- not, not just from the guys in this room, but also the audience. And then help in I Want Good Wishes. Because I am writing two books. That's, that's a lot of books. I am writing two books. I'm writing a, uh, a sci-fi novel and a book that a publisher is interested in. Yay! Uh, I have reached out to a publisher. I just kind of did it on a whim. They're interested. And I'm not going to say what it is on air. And I'm really nervous saying that anyway. Do you have a deadline? No, but the publisher hasn't said yes yet. Okay. That's Deadlines what I, are what make or break people. Yeah, that, that is what I am asking from the audience. I just want good wishes. Put it out there in the universe. I want this publisher to say yes. It's looking like they want to. Just making sure they're not going to get sued <laughs> if they do. Uh, so please, guys, if you could just... You know, well wishes. I, I would greatly appreciate it. I really want this to happen for me. You got to make it happen for yourself, my man. I, I know. Like, it's in the hands of the publisher. Yeah. It's in the hands of the publisher. And I'm in contact with the publisher. And they. Uh, and here's the thing, Brandon. Uh, don't wait for a publisher to tell you to write a book. Just write a book. I'm writing. No, I'm. Uh, look, that's good. I'll show you my. my no, no, that's good. Want. That's what I mean. Like, I don't. Yeah. I am, ri- I am writing both books. But the fact that, that I have reached out to a publisher and they said that they were interested and that they're excited about this and like they want to do it. Like, the fact that that has happened to me is something that I never thought I would ever do for myself. I never thought I would ever get to this point. And now that I am here, uh, I wanted to keep going. And unfortunately, right now, it is in the hands of the publisher. So I'm hoping. And I want good wishes. Uh, I want just you know well wishes. That's all. I, that's all I really want. And uh, uh, hopefully, I can make this happen for oh myself. Oh yeah, baby. And uh, hey, man, if you don't have a publisher, you know what? Self-publishing. Ken did it. Yeah. Well, no, Ken didn't do it. Oh, I thought he. Got, oh, just kidding. No. Uh, in fact, actually, there uh, we'll talk about it off air. I'm sure, but like there is a correlation between what I'm doing, and what Ken did. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that's just it, it's a big deal for me that it, that this is happening because I. Um, Stay on it, baby. I just never thought I'd do it. And Stay uh, on it. And the fact that I'm writing these two books and they're coming along and they're, I mean, hell, I think they're good. <laughs> but uh, it's really, it's a really big deal. That's awesome, dude. Really big deal. For hell me. yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on? Anything else you guys want to touch on? Or shall we move on? Um, Comic books are pretty cool, you guys. That's they are it. pretty cool. That's all. Sparks? No, I got no. nothing. Ben? I'm good. All right. Let's do the bread and butter. Nom, nom, noms. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. All right, guys, welcome into our news this week. We are starting off with some political discourse, because who doesn't love political discourse? Brandon doesn't love political no, discourse, so Brandon uh, chose not to be part of this yes. discussion because mm-hmm. it, it aggravates him, makes him upset with which our is country, which is fair. absolutely fair. But that's yeah. the reason I want to talk about it, because <clears throat> we need to talk about these things. We didn't talk about it last week. No. Uh, the, the sad events that happened with the two mass shootings. Uh, over the past couple weeks? Couple weeks. Yes. Yes, yes. and since then, uh, I actually looked today, there's been 252 other shootings. 
not mass shootings, but 252 uh, killings yes. since the last report. Uh, so we're going to talk about gun violence really quick, guys, because Universal decided to uh, pull one of their movies called The Hunt. Is this a Bloomhouse movie, right? Yeah. Or I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Because it, well, it's the same same people yeah. that made the Purge and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. U- uh, Universal yeah. is releasing it, but it, uh, it's a Blumhouse. Production. We talked about this trailer last. Week. Yeah, it just looks like yeah. a like a like a whatever like oh we said, pe- yeah, that looks people fine. are getting hunted by rich people. It's, this is not an original concept. It looks it's fine. like sure. Purge, but not Purge. Yeah, kind of Hunter sort of Game, thing. Hunger Games kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, after the tragedies that happened, uh, instead of actually dealing with an actual problem, they decided to. Uh, uh, take the movie from theaters. They're not going to release it. Very much in the style of the interview. I don't know if you guys remember the interview, uh-huh. the Seth Rogen movie, yeah. where Which, Kim, Kim Jong Un said, "We're going to bomb America if you release this movie." Uh, it's a huge thing out of proportions. It was not a big deal. That's ridiculous. But was a very different like. No, I'm just saying like no, the, no, no. I know the response. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. And yeah, then that yeah. movie turned out just like whatever. Who cares? It's a comedy. Uh, so Universal uh, released a statement. While Universal Pictures has already paused the marketing campaign for The Hunt, after thoughtful consideration, the studio has decided to cancel our plans to release the film. We stand by our filmmakers and will continue to distribute films in partnership with bold and visionary creators like the ones associated with this satirical social thriller, but we understand that now is not the right time to release this film. So, uh, I have questions. Like, just from that trailer, I'm like, why? Why we, is why is this the film we watched that crosses the, movie, the line? We watched the trailer for Ready or Not. Sure. Which features people getting killed in with this house. Cro- with crossbows. Right. Well, I mean, crossbows, also, shotguns, yes. the whole nine yards. There, there are multiple trailers that come out every week that in, that involve guns. But yeah. for some reason, this movie specifically is getting targeted. Yeah, and I'm I like, don't this, understand why. this movie isn't about mass shootings. This nope. movie isn't related to that. All you know it's, it's related about to, rich people. <laughs> it's about rich people yeah. hunting poor people and yeah. poor people arming themselves to kill them. And That's shitty. <laughs> And <laughs> the fact that that's the one that they're yep. like, you know what, I think we should pull that. It almost seems like a sense of like, well, we don't want to give them any more ideas to be mad at rich people. Exactly. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, and a similar, This is the wrong kind of response. Yes, this is why we don't talk about it because like talk, political talk, it's not fun. This is not why you come to this podcast. No. But, but we didn't want to talk about it last week, but this directly involves movies getting released that we talk about, video games getting released that we talk about. Sure. So it's, it invol- it is involved in everything that we do. Like, where's where's the line on this Universal? You're not going to release any movies this year with guns in them? Is that where we're? Yeah. Is that what we're doing now? Sounds I, like I would love to look at their release this, schedule. No, it doesn't sound like it. This it sounds, sounds like they're pulling just this one. Yeah, but this sounds also sounds like a really bad slippery slope. That if if a, a movie has a gun in it, then pull it. Yeah, it, that's, that's not spe- that's not what's going to happen. Speaking it, thinking of that, um, Walmart. Known oh for God. selling guns, but mostly in the South. When I lived yeah. in Texas, I would go and buy airsoft guns right next to the stall where you can buy rifles for $150. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Walmart has said that they're going to pull the their uh, marketing and their like banners for violent video games. Uh, also, some stores, uh, probably in the South, because I've been to a Walmart recently in California and they haven't done this, they're going to pull mature video games as well. Uh-huh in response to the shootings because we all know video games cause violence. They have forever. Pong was the first video game and there's been mass shootings since Pong ever since. Right, guys? Yep, that's that's the yeah. historical uh, track record I know. Uh... And Walmart is still selling guns. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a type of thing that that really is really bothersome and it's 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 a systemic problem that's been in this country for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. There's nothing we can do to fix it. I mean, this is vote? this isn't new. No. This isn't new. There's always scapegoating away from what always. the real problem video is, games, which movies, is guns, music. Uh, going to movies and video games is now apparently because Trump said it. Yes. That's mm-hmm. really what happened. Is the president went out there and said 
video games are part of the and problem. And this is not even a left-right thing. The president said video games are bad. And all of that a sudden, fundamentally we're having this discussion again, which we haven't had in, in a 20 very years. long time. There was a guy, I think his, his name was like... I want to say Jack Johnson or James Johnson. He was a guy in the 90s, and his whole thing was like, video games are the worst thing on the planet, and he went through Congress, and everyone laughed at his ass. Oh, no. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was a huge there thing. Was a, there was a representative that went on the news and said, look at Japan. Japan doesn't have mass shootings, and they don't have video games. And everybody uh, went, wow. This you, Reg- clear, you just proved you don't know your argument. Reggie fils former director of Nintendo, yeah. or president, uh, of president of Nintendo of America, he tweeted out, was like, guys, the two had two graphs about video game sales in other countries, including yep. the United States, and gun violence. The top uh, selling, the top country that sold video games was South Korea. Yep. South Korea, Japan, United States. Those are the top three. Guess what? Second graph, we're the biggest one with gun violence. Yeah. South Korea and Japan have, abs- have like yeah, literally hey, nothing. Uh, video, uh, violent video games, violent movies, violent music exist all around the world, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we don't make, we aren't exclusively and look, and, making and like, bad you movies. Wanna, and, and expanding out this argument, plenty of people have been saying it. Like, other countries have mental health issues. They don't have a mass shooting problem. No. Yeah. Other countries have video, violent video games and violent we content in their films. We are the only country They don't have the mass world. shooting problems. We do. The only country in the world. And the reason is because we don't have good gun control laws, and it's as simple as that, and I'm sorry mm. if that aggravates you. It does, and, but, uh, but for real. It's, it's true, and... The, the NRA has, has so much after, money in the pockets of politicians that they are willing to have so many scapegoats instead of actually getting rid of some guns because they would lose some money. That's what it is. That sucks. Listen, I love guns. I shoot guns in Texas all the time. I used Last time I hung up with my dad before he passed, we went to a, a shooting range and we shot guns. Sure. Because it's, it's, guns have always been around. Guns are in other countries too. America is a very special problem where our freedom and you're allowed to do whatever you want, nobody cares. And that's the problem. This is nobody cares because they're making money off of this. Yeah. And that's the, at the end of the day, that's the problem. Is it's always yeah. about money, and it doesn't matter about lives. It always just aggravates me that when, obviously when tragedies like this happen, people look t- turn to, they, they, they turn to, like, they say mental health issues, they say people like this are sick. It's like, no, this was terrorism. Guys, this was freaking terrorism. Every single shooter that we've had, the past three main, the past three big shootings that have been on national news, all the shooters have been white. And listen, this is this uh, this is not me, Ryan Leopolis, trying to get super left leaning. But the last shooter had guns in in a Trump pose, like he posed his guns in the letters of Trump, and he posted a picture. And his manifesto was saying how immigrants are taking over the country. Yeah, it was a race. It's, it was it's a the white rhetoric nationalist. of our own government that is causing young people to be this way. Yeah, but when people see stuff like this, they see it's public record, and yet. Are people who have we have been up that they instantly turn their thing to video games. I fucking hate this argument. It's piss, yeah, it's no, pissed me it's, off then. It pisses me off. Everyone now. knows that it, that it's not true. Everybody on everyone every does. side. All, most politicians agree. Like I can't believe we're having this debate again. It's 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 a scapegoat because no one wants to solve I mean, any actual the, the issues. Me- I'm not gonna lie. I love seeing the memes. Like there was that Stranger Things uh, meme where. Or Steve comes out from the beginning and says, again, seriously, is like video game players, and then it's has yeah, like. Yeah. Anyway, uh, th- focusing going- on what the news is. Yes. Yeah. Th- let's talk about Walmart first. Walmart, uh, this was the wrong move. Very wrong. Uh, this was this. Take responsibility for your actual actions and and what you're actually responsible for. This isn't it. Uh, you wanted to make a big change. You could have changed your gun laws. Yeah, like just you could have changed. I, you could have changed your policy on selling guns. You could have done that, and that would have sent a more powerful message. But you decided, oh, video games. It makes me physically ill to think that after. Dozens of people have been murdered. That their that their uh, logic to fix this is to take away the Call of Duty banner, instead of take away the gun from the store. Right. Because the guns make more money. Yeah. That's and that uh, I think we can 
end it there, but I think it's something that like. I, well, we, I do. Go, I, ahead, go more. No, yeah. go ahead. No, that's it. I was like, right, I do want to go to Universal though. Universal okay. had no good reason. This, to do this. doesn't. Doubt. There was no pressure on them for this. There, as far as we can tell, there wasn't anything outside of mm, this is a lot of guns in this movie. Maybe this isn't a good time. That's th- otherwise, as far as we know, the film has nothing to do with mass shootings. No. Uh, and this, it, there is no. It's people dropped on There an is island. no direct yeah. connection, and so this makes no sense. This is a weird response. I mean, Again, I haven't seen the trailer for The Hunt, and just by hearing you guys describe it, it sounds like it's a battle royale Base, um, sort, sort of thing. It's basically just rich people hunting poor people. Yeah, yeah. and it's a satirical comedy, th- or like dark comedy thriller. It's a dark. Yeah, it's like rare. I see rare or not as a dark comedy. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like ready or not, but like a different version of that. Almost. Yeah. So yeah. why the hell would they want to pull this? It doesn't make it, any goddamn again, sense. What's the movie about? It's about rich people getting oppressed by poor people. Yeah, like, it's, and, and this and that is, sucks. That this like, makes no sense, and yeah. it's a really bad precedent for them to start. It is. Uh, I have no clue where their thinking is coming from on this one. It just it just makes zero sense. You know, Bloom, Blumhouse like this was not their decision. It was sure. Universal. Yeah, no. I read the quote. <laughs> like, oh, we love working with our bold, passionate directors, except when when they argue with our politics. And I'm like, guys, you just released uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Are you going to go back and replace all the guns with um, walkie talkies? Walkie talkies. If we if we went to go see like a rated R movie today, we would see five trailers that have a bunch of guns in them. For like, sure. It's just, this is bananas to me. I can't believe it. It reminds me of Borderlands. Borderlands' whole thing is how they have billions of guns. Borderlands 3, uh, it's like how every gun is like uh, is uh, randomly generated. So their tagline is trillions of guns. Mm-hmm. Are you going to ban Borderlands 3 because it has trillions of guns? No. Sure. And like no one's going after that game. No. And it's just, it's these stupid like... And also, I wonder. I wonder. Sorry, Ben. Like the people behind the specifically like the hunt. Like, does somebody have a vendetta against them? Like a James Gunn situation? Hmm. And that's shitty. Apparently, that's super yeah. shitty. Apparently they do. And also, go, me jump in. I'm obviously I'm a big thing. I'm like really pissed. I'm still pissed off at Universal for pulling the hunt because I think I agree that's a stupid move. But I'm still like really pissed off that everyone's challenge is pointing the. It's not everyone though. It's well, just a, a lot of people are pointing the finger at video games, and it always pisses me off. It's all the old white men on. Yeah, Fox it's like games. oh we got this. This I'm like guys, we have. It's because of people like you back in the '90s. We created the ESRB. It's because it's like it's the people who think uh, Grand Theft Auto is only killing hookers. It's not an in-depth story about people turning to crime. It's not about families. It's not about playing games with your friends. It's about killing hookers. That's all it's about. Because to them, video games, that's all it is to them. They don't they don't they don't see it like movies. They don't even see video games as an art form. They see is Call of Duty shooting people. That's sure. Instead of Animal Crossing or like any Nintendo Switch game where you're playing with animals. Yeah. 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 They don't. They. It's it's just a I, shame because like this is a conversation that I guarantee we can have in another year and nothing's going to be any different. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I could I feel like I could get on my soapbox and spat for hours about how this is stupid, but other people better than me have said it, more articulate than me have said it. It it still makes me very mad. It, and I think that's that's the key point is like it, what what is this doing to change things? Nothing. Like honestly, as US companies, Walmart, Universal, what is this doing to, to change things. What message are I'll you, you what, sending? It's hurting Universal because that's a movie they're not going to make their money back on. Sure, yeah. sure. And, and what message are you sending? Like, what is what is the goal? I don't understand it. I don't either. Anyway, let's move on. Sorry, we had to talk, we Sorry, had to talk guys, about this, this was This was too much. Sometimes real life gets in the too way much junk. Of, yeah. of, of nerdy stuff. Uh, I hope you're still sticking around listening to us. No, man, some, you know what? Every, everybody can enjoy guns. That's okay. That's yeah. not what we're talking Again, about. Uh, yeah. I love. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of guns. All right, let's say. move on. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's talk about some actual bread and butter. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you all talk about? Um, nothing you want. Don't hear. worry about <laughs> it. <Cool. laughs> yeah. All right. Then. Only good news. 
Let's do our bread and butter. All right. I love carbs, baby. Mm. Only good news. Ernie Colon died. Yeah. Oh, sh- that's hey, not good news. No, that's started. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. That's Hello Darkness, my old friend. News. Uh, yeah. Ernie, Ernie Colon is a uh, was a was a prominent uh, comic book uh, artist, right? He was an artist and a writer. Yeah. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of 88. Long life. He yeah. fortunately he passed away uh, battling cancer. Uh, 88 is is a decent life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's still a shame he passed. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to read off his uh, his list because a lot of this is a lot of older stuff I'm not familiar with. Or I'm familiar, but I never read it. Yeah, he, he, uh, he started on Richie Rich and Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yep. He wrote uh, Solar Man of the Atom. He worked character. on Vampirella, Eerie and Creepy. I'm familiar with those. Those are pretty Swamp Thing kind of spooky stuff. Uh, he created Arx, Son of Thunder, and Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld for DC. Oh, he created He Amethyst? created one of my favorite things on the planet, Damage control with Dwayne McDuffie and he was the DC editor over Wonder Woman Flash and Green Lantern in the 80s so uh, if you like those stories he's one of the reasons they're great uh, he's a, uh, a pivotal member of the 70s 80s community and uh, again he worked with Dwayne McDuffie on Damage Control so that's the reason I love him uh, he has a, a great a great funny style uh, and it's a it's a shame it's a shame he's gone yeah it's too bad absolutely yeah. uh, he is though as you said like a long life he is definitely on the the like longer life end of a lot of the deaths we've had to talk about yeah. the past yeah. couple months. Yeah, so you know, grateful for everything he got to contribute. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Damage Control almost became a series. <sighs> I'm still I'm I'm still hoping <laughs> one day. Uh, all right, so that's unfortunate. Uh, what's not unfortunate is our Lord and Savior Disney. Hey, not Kevin. Fe- oh, well, same thing. Well, same yeah. thing. Um, I think Kevin Feige is now a saint. In the Saint in, Kevin. In no, he's still my Lord and Savior. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never liked a company m- company's creative output more, and liked uh, their business practices less. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I get you. <laughs> All right, so Disney Plus uh, had some news that uh, Bob Iger said that he is going to. Oh, I saw those. Those look cool. Uh, Sparks just showed me a thing. Um, Disney Plus announced that they are going to be bundling Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for twelve ninety nine. Oh my god. Man, HBO, Netflix, you're all screwed, they man. Are so oh dead. my god, this is a, such a deal. This yeah. is still like cheaper than Netflix, I think. Well, yep. yes. well Netflix Netflix's standard plan is twelve ninety nine as of this year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. God. I don't even care about sports, but that's a that's oh, a steal. Wow. That's a lot of packages. No, for me that's fine because yeah. I love sports. I'm like, sweet, I can watch sports again. That's great. That's so much cheaper than getting like a cable package. Oh yeah. yeah. Holy really shit. Is. But um for the Hulu thing, does that is just that's just basic Regular Hulu. Hulu. Not it is ad basic free, Hulu. Not ad free Hulu. Not ad free Hulu. Okay. I you pay. can upgrade it to ad free Hulu. Because I'm already paying for ad free Hulu. So you could Hulu. do so you could do that bundle and upgrade to ad free Hulu for like a dollar or two. They got all the stages that you if want. If it's all if it's a dollar and it's thirteen ninety nine a month, then I'll, I'll probably pay for a that. Good deal, man. That I get Hulu for deal. free uh, with Spotify, uh, so I don't really need to do this. But sure. uh, man, this is but really a good deal. well. You don't need to do this because you live with me. No, also that too. <laughs> but if you wanted to, you could add your Disney Plus to this. I could. Like, yeah. or, or people who already have Hulu are going to be able to just be like, okay, yes, I also want for Disney a couple Plus. more bucks. I get all of Disney. Plus. Sure. That uh, that's gonna be what I'm gonna do because I already I'm already paying for ad free Hulu. I'm I spoil myself with ad free stuff. Yeah. So to get ad free Hulu to get ad free Hulu and <laughs> Disney Plus for only like thirteen bucks, thirteen bucks a month. That's like do it. This is already great. For the price of Netflix, you get three streaming services. HBO Max that is, is, is insane. Man. That is, oh boy. I yeah. cannot wait to see how much HBO Max is. Did you guys watch HBO Max's Sizzle Reel trailer, by the way? Yeah, it was dumb. No. It was real bad. It was real dumb. It was banking real hard on Game of Thrones. Oh. Really? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. That sucks. And weirdly, Batwoman, yep. but not the other CW shows. Nope. But and, Batwoman. Doom, and Doom Patrol. Yeah, and Doom Patrol. Yeah. <sighs> That's weird. Wow. 
Yeah. Show me like, hey man, we got the Sopranos, we got the Wire, we got. Uh, they, uh, there was like Sopranos. Was in there? It. Okay, good. I'm so, I'm just saying like they really hyper focus. Like it opens with Game of Thrones. It closes season, with though? Game of Thrones. It's Jon Snow waking up from being six. Okay, you know, Death. and then it's still good at that point. And then and then it and then it's like a capsule. Well, I mean, you know, they're saying like, hey, you want to watch all Game of Thrones? And I'm like, everybody did that, man. What yeah. do you? What Multiple do you times. <laughs> I yeah. bought the Blu-rays for Game of Thrones. I don't. And of course, need Friends. Anything. Friends is a staple of the sizzle uh, trailer too. Yeah. yeah. Gilmore friends. Girls will be on it. Mm. Man, it's going to make a lot of money just off Friends, I bet. People are going to buy that for Friends. It's kind of like what people... It really, depends. It really <laughs> depends on the price point, which is being rumored at 16 uh, That's what I'm hearing, yeah. Yeah, it's being rumored at sixteen ninety nine, so really $17. Um, you know, because at that point, like, yeah, you could get Friends on that, but I'm like, you could also just buy uh, Friends? DVD? Yeah. It's like the, when people are saying that they're going to get rid of Netflix because of The Office. I'm not going to get... Well, thankfully, my dad's paying for Netflix. I'm just but you're not an site. office. There like, are reasons why I will get rid of Netflix soon, and it is not because of they're taking away The Office. I know. It's because they're going to take away everything. Taking away everything, yeah. yeah. Man, they better not take away Nightfall. I really Seasons 2 is coming on Tuesday. I really see, like that, that show. That's the thing. Who owns Nightfall? Uh, History. History Channel? Yeah. Well, it depends on what the, on who owns History Channel. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they have perhaps History Channel is independently owned and they are and they have a deal with Netflix. So that, that therefore those shows will remain on Netflix. Um, but we don't I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. Right. The thing that's going to kill Netflix, the thing that's going to get people to stop subscribing to Netflix are the fact that there's not going to be anything on except for original material. And mm-hmm. half of that original material is shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but everybody needs that Stranger Things fix, baby. And that's the thing, like, like true. Stranger Things is a good enough show where, like, I don't, like, also I've had Netflix for as long as I can remember, so, yeah. like, there's no point in getting rid of it now, I guess. But, uh, like, Stranger Things is good, the Marvel shows are gone, it's getting rid of all the shows that I binge watch. so it's like, what is really going to be left besides, like, Stranger Things? House of Cards is over, and I love that show. There's I, a I lot of, like, there's show. a it's lot over. of, uh, I mean, like, some of them are canceled, but there are original gems on Netflix. Um, oh, Love, Death, Robots. Love, Death, Robots. Uh, yeah, I need we, to see that. We, uh, they just had that one with uh, Linda Cardellini and um, Christina Applegate. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, uh, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one that's, uh, uh, James Marsden's on it. It, yeah. it was really good. Um, I've, the name's escaping that, me. That robot mother movie that we didn't see that's oh, barely that really good? Uh, the, yeah. uh, the, it was just canceled, but the Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant show. Oh, Santa Clarita Diet. Santa Clarita yeah. Diet. Oh. That's really strong. That is really that's strong. That's still worth revisiting. That got canceled? Yeah. It had three seasons, Lost right? in Space is still not canceled? Season two. Mark? Season two is supposed yeah, to yeah. be coming. So, I mean, yeah, Santa there's, there's things. There's the first episode of Lost Honestly, in Space. Netflix, Netflix is fine. If Netflix lowers its price, which technically I think it should be able to, because it's not going to be paying people to have it's not things spending a hundred million dollars on Friends. Yeah, I mean they can; they're bankrupt. That, <laughs> see, that's that also that. Like, how do you ever recover if you're so far in debt? Honest, you, honestly, the thing is, like, if Netflix lowers its price point, people won't leave. Sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you, they just have to make that call. They have to be like, they should get ahead of this at this point and say, oh. "Hey, we're dropping our price down," and then nobody will leave. Speaking of Cowboy Bebop's on Netflix, that's true. Damn. Speaking of guys, uh, did you hear the latest on Movie Pass this week? Oh shit! Yeah. Yo, Wait, holy that's shit! Still, that's dude, still. Oh alive? no! Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. This is uh, okay. this is juicy, baby. <laughs> Apparently, they were changing people's passwords so they couldn't log in and watch movies. So they would have to like either like go and read like redo your password. You know, like when you forget. Or they're just like, oh, I just, I'm not going to see a movie today because they were using it too much. They were, yeah. Oh, and not only that, but w- there was a connection to the Fire Festival. Like some, one of the people, so I read this recently, there were people invested in MoviePass that had connections to the Fire Festival, that invested in the Fire Festival. That, no oh, boy. Way. 
Man, bad business decisions everywhere. A, mo- a couple months ago, by the way, they did sus- suspend the service, so they are actually not currently around. I thought they died. Like, they I are, haven't heard anything. They from are dying the slowest death I've I ever still seen. have my movie pass card upstairs in my drug box. <laughs> yeah, I have it too, just to be sure. Like, I have copies of my emails. I'm like, <laughs> I canceled. Yeah. Uh, just in case it ever tries to resurface on, what's this, on what's like, this funds. What's the 1099? What like, the hell? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's some uh, shit, dude. That's hilarious. so dumb. I, I thought it was dead. Me too. And then so like, did oh, I. I'm scrolling through IGN. Movie pass. What? Yeah. My my wallet doesn't feel safe until it's dead. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like in three years it can sneakily come back up and it'll be like, what do you mean movie pass is billing me? In like a year, it charges everybody who ever had it like 20 bucks and it just instantly makes like $5 million and it just like it goes away forever. It's like, we got our money. We escaped. Right. Yeah. That's, that's like a con. I yeah. deleted my card from their app smart. before I deleted oh, the God, app. Oh God, I should do that. That's so smart. Yeah. So before yeah. I deleted the app, I was like, nope, delete card smart dude just like delete everything wipe 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 yeah remember <laughs> movie pass was so good for like a couple months remember like, i saw remember. a movie every single day yeah yeah oh, the dream anyway the dream's dead. uh but before we move too far from this topic i wanted to ask because i was thinking about it when you brought it up if netflix went under what do you think happens with all the original stuff it dies Ooh. do they go to do they go to blu-ray I, do I, they become some, buy these seasons digitally on Amazon? Some of them are. A lot of those things are available for digi- for no, no, no. I, yes, exactly. But there's a lot that aren't. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't just you don't just have that kind of catalog and then it just disappears. So like, where does Netflix set? It, theoretically, if Netflix just do- stopped all of its programming, where will it go? That, that's just, so a, it just to, an idea. It would have hypothetically to, like any other like any other uh, studio it might get bought. That would that would go under. It would get bought and yeah, yeah put it actually, out by someone else. Yeah. Like, we, I think you talked about it last week, but it's possible that Universal might actually just buy Netflix in order to create their own streaming service. I, I think it's the smartest that's, play uh, for that's them. Instead of doing your own, yeah. Because yeah. Universal's already talking like, we want to compete, and I'm like, that's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't compete. You can't. Disney is... You're already making bad decisions, a la The Hunt, so mm-hmm. uh, why not just <sighs> bundle Man. up with Netflix? If they bundle up, that's the thing. Netflix lowers the price and Universal bundles up. That's a more appealing. Yeah. There's a this reminds me of Marvel Service. Unlimited, and there's a lot of like digital only <clears throat> comics that are made for like the scrolling, and it's really great. Like the stuff they do with digital, uh, digitally only comics is super cool. But if Marvel Unlimited ever goes away, there's hundreds of not hundreds, uh, dozens and dozens of comics that, that will just never get published. Maybe they're already getting published. Are they? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet, good. Okay, I just I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, every now and then I'll just see like digital first comic now. Okay, in print. cool. Because oh. I I definitely know there's a Thanos one that came out that I saw, but there's a Jessica Jones one. Okay. Cloak and Dagger. Okay, good. Th- then I'm happy. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so in the same call that uh, happened, Bob Iger said that they are currently developing TV shows for Disney Plus based off of new properties that they recently purchased for Fox, or you know borrowed. Fox they, properties. They own them. They own Fox. They're, they're theirs now. Um, Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Cheaper Bread of the Dozen, and The Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Now, let me tell you, the internet was not happy about the Home Alone one. Oh, I heard. <laughs> I, was, I was driving to work, and uh, I was listening to K-Rock, and Stryker and Klein, they were straight up saying, it's like, yeah, people are mad about and, like, the Home Alone thing. The reason why people thought that they were talking about a Home Alone movie, they were going to remake Home Alone. But that's not what, ha- what happened was. It's a TV series based off, the, off of the movie. Also, there are five sequels to that movie. All straight and to if, DVD. And if that didn't Except ruin the, the franchise... Nothing. No. Will. Funny thing is, they actually mentioned the five sequels, and they're like, "Hey, these sequels suck." So, Home Alone is fine. You're, yeah, you're fine. They're, it's fine. I just want to see, and somebody posted this on Twitter. I want to see like it's old man. What's what's his name? Kevin McAllister. Macaulay like, Culkin. Macaulay, yeah, Macaulay Culkin. He, and he the, posted out a picture. D- it was him. Yeah, it was him. Macaulay and, like, Culkin posted out the picture. And the of sticky himself. bandits are like, "Get out of jail!" and they're coming for revenge. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, baby, I want that movie hard." 
Yeah. Because I don't want a reboot. 25 years later, baby. Oh, I didn't realize that's what you were talking about. Macaulay Culkin posted out a picture of himself at home, like with a beer gut and sitting on his laptop with a bandana. Oh, And he's just like, hey, guys, this is what an updated Home Alone reboot will look like. Disney, get at me. Get at me. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. He's been showing up on a lot of red, red letter media stuff. It's great. Yeah, uh, apparently, he's also a fan of the Weekly Planet. I believe it. Which is really, a super nerd. Which is really funny. So, the Weekly Planet, which is a podcast that uh, you and I listen to, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Do you? <laughs> Didn't even ask. I know you listen to it. But an we, can't, we, we can't just assume. I've listened to some, yeah. Okay. Uh, but he posts, apparently, like Macaulay Culkin posted something about the Weekly Planet, and everyone, uh, everyone like like uh, James, who runs the. It's like. Holy shit, Macaulay Culkin listens to my show. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, um, a while ago, he was actually on uh, that Angry Video Game Nerd yep. talking about the Home Alone games. It was actually really cool. Oh, I really enjoyed it. He has a website called Bunny Ears that he's trying to he- heavily promote. Uh, yeah. It's like a storytelling uh, uh, website. But yeah, I, I think um, and this goes into, the, uh, we'll talk about something else with Fox as well, but I think this is a good use of some of those properties, uh, especially Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I think calls for a TV series, honestly. Yeah, I'm not. That's like not up my alley. It's like you know, it's a kid series. I'm, I'm actually uh, interested in the Night uh, Museum yeah. one. Those Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, the first three were actually excellent films. Were they? Yep, they were. Cool. They actually were. Saw all three um, in theaters. I mean, like, yeah, they're they're you know they're made for families for kids, but um, they're they're well made. Oh yeah, and they're I'm entertained. Sure. They're they're actually and there's pretty a bunch of books, right? I was surprised how well done they were. Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. The and there's a bunch of revenge. Books. And then the fourth one came out, and that was woof. Yikes. Uh, Did you yikes. See it? No, because they recast, and that looked real bad. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't mean Night at the Museum could be a good TV series. Like, I yeah. think there's some good stuff here. Like, a, like the the night guard goes into different parts of the museum. He learns more about different. It's like a different history period every I week. I like all three of those movies, honestly. Sad. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. So do I. Um, what's his name? Dan Stevens was Lancelot in the third one. Uh, I'll oh, say, he was. Yeah. Oh, I'll shit, say this. Uh, this feels very much like a. Well, it's no risk to us because these weren't franchises we cared about, so let's make these. And I want them to be more tactful with the things they got from Fox. I don't want them to just do it because they're like, well, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. We could just slam that out real quick. I want them to have the same respect they have for the other franchises they own, which is like, okay, we don't do this unless we've really got a reason. Well. We don't do this unless we've got an idea. Their remakes aren't that. Sure, but that's that's not so much. But that's not that's not really what I mean. Because sure. that, that's that's like doing they the got same Marvel. They that's got Star doing Wars. the same story again. Yeah, I'm talking about not their own how material. they don't make a Ral- Wreck-It Ralph sequel unless they feel like they want sure. to. They don't make Frozen Two except that it made a ton of money, and then they realize that they actually had a good idea. Um, <laughs> I thought Incredibles <laughs> Two was really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's Pixar. That's always been Pixar's policy. Yeah, but I mean Disney's usually pretty stingy about returning to a franchise yeah. most of the time. Not remaking it, but returning well, to it. you know, it should be fair. Like, I just realized something uh, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, if you look at the revenue that comes in from comes into Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Disney Animation. Merchandise. All, no, it's just all move, all all four of those uh, revenue streams are, well, are, give them good revenue. Mm-hmm. Like, that, a lot of revenue comes from those four studios that they own. Not a lot of revenue comes from Disney Studios. And that's their primary studio system. So I think that's why they've decided to focus mostly on remakes because that brings in a lot of revenue. Unfortunately, yeah. So it's like so I think a lot of the a lot of it came from like, well, if our major studio isn't bringing in revenue, what do we do? Well, Which just really their major studio should be their animation studio. It really should be. Yeah, it totally should. Um anyway. 
Uh, but yeah, that, that is that is an interesting thing, Brent Brandon. Yeah, like Dis- Disney itself like makes the least amount of money for themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's super about, interesting. Think about all like the Disney movies, like the no, Disney yeah. Studios movies. Like most of them flopped before they started remaking the, all their animated films. Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, like I, I thought that was really weird. Um, the other thing is that they said to Bob Iger and the same so the same thing, uh, same call. Bob Iger posted, uh, you know, because we get a lot of information from these calls now, <laughs> which I think is real funny. Um, so apparently Disney cited a quarter three loss of one billion dollars. Oh boy! <laughs> oh wow! This is so dumb. This is so dumb. So there's going to be a lot of dumb stuff, and there's a kind of a worrying quote that's, that I'm, that I will read out. So one thing is uh, Disney was projected to make twenty one billion dollars. They only made twenty billion dollars. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like not even like our stocks <laughs> three this the stock like dropped four percent because of it and like there's three major movies that are supposed to come out soon mm-hmm. that's probably gonna make a billion and a half anyway. oh yeah um but so they blamed dark phoenix because they they because once dark phoenix came out they had owned disney they had owned fox and so that was now their re- one of the revenue streams so they blamed dark phoenix uh, for that uh sure i mean it wasn't a billion dollars only for Dark Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure it was definitely a disappointment for what they wanted for an X-Men movie, sure. Yeah. So, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, so, so Disney cited Fox's box office, bo- box, box office bomb, Dark Phoenix, as a major factor in, the, in that, quote, giant loss, <laughs> along with marketing costs for other upcoming Fox films, such as Ford v. Ferrari. So, Fox was putting... Oh, that's a, good. Yeah, that looks good. So, Fox is putting a lot of marketing into a lot of their films, right, rightfully so. Like, they, they got... I, I thought they had a good slate coming out this year. Like I, a lot of the movies that are coming out this year, I was kind of really excited about. Yeah, I'm really interested to see Ford, Ford v. Ferrari. Me too. James Mangold? Hell yeah. However, Bob Iger doesn't agree. Um, Bob Iger says, uh, one of the biggest issues was the, fo- was the Fox Studio performance, which was well below where it had been and well below where we hoped it would, it would be when we made the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Basically kind of talking about it. Was Alita a Fox movie? Yes. Okay. Remember 20th century, 26th Century Fox? Oh, yeah. Ah, dude, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'll just read the article from here. As a result, Disney has scrapped much of Fox's film development slate, with Iger, with Iger tasking Disney Film Brass to take the Fox slate, in Iger's words, quote, in a new direction with an all-new development slate that will focus on a select group of properties. Iger told them this. Iger told investors it will probably take a solid year, maybe two years, before we can have an impact on the fo- on the films and production. We're all confident we're going to turn around the results of Fox Live Action. So that explains why their slate that came out didn't have any Fox films on it after next year, uh, because obviously they're too well in production for the for next yes. year to change anything. Um, Ryan, you mentioned I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. I think you're not wrong about that. Uh, I try not to be. No, but I, for this situation, like the quote he gives, definitely there's more of a reason than I would think normally. Yeah, because this definitely seems like yeah, we're gonna get rid of some Fox movies. I'm like, we're, he we're straight gonna, up said that we're gonna get rid of some Fox movies and we're gonna focus on franchises. Yeah, and that that's the Disney model right now: focus on franchises. Yes. Um, I was hoping that when Disney acquired Fox, they wouldn't go that route. They would allow Fox to be their independent properties, their 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 less IP-driven properties, like uh like Miramax or Touchstone was. But now that I'm seeing this quote, it kind of makes me to it kind of leads me to believe that that's not the case. Yeah. It, it and it, again, I think it, this the way he phrased it, and because it is by Bob Iger too, and we don't like that guy. Uh, it is definitely it seems very negative. Bob Iger, I, 2022. Hmm. <laughs> or 2024. 2024. Whatever. Uh. God, if he had a presidential election every two years, Jesus Christ. Uh, I think 
if we wait a year or two, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it is because one, he'll be gone. It's true. Um, but I do think if if you just bought this huge company and then this last year of movies were bad, I can understand why you would go this way. Yeah. Like they need to make money above everything else. Um, that being said, like Home Alone, Not at the Museum, those are all like a huge blockbuster movies that can get turned into billion dollar franchises. Yeah. Uh, I think the original properties are more in trouble than like doing something with Alien or Predator or Home Alone, like that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the original stuff that we really have to worry about. That, that's what I'm saying. Yes, like, I, I do agree with that. I, I don't want them to get rid of the original properties. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll still see a Kingsman 3. Uh, I, I, now, after this quote, I'm certain we're seeing more Predators and more Aliens in the coming years. Yeah. Um, Which I, I, I want. I guess, yeah. yeah. I, obviously, we've got like four, a, four Avatar films, but I don't want them to only focus on those films. Yeah. Like, I want... There's a rumor Ready or not, stuff right. like that. There's a rumor floating around that Fox Searchlight is only going to be able to acquire films and not and not produce films anymore. Uh, if that is true, I'm worried because Fox Searchlight was, you know, like Sony Classics, Sony Picture Classics. They were the only people around town that were putting money into independent films. Uh, I, I don't want to lose that. I mean, we luckily we still got a twenty four, but that's we not that's A24. not a it's not a Disney joint. And you know, Blumhouse, it, Blumhouse under Universal, they put out some independent films, also but <laughs> yeah, but they, horror. But they also take away movies. I wasn't there for that, Ryan. Spoiler no, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying, like, you, kidding. Universal, like, maybe isn't always the best. Uh, right, but so there's not a lot of the IP driven uh, industry that we're in right now can't sustain itself for another for another decade let's say hi- let's say hypothetically another decade i'm being a little generous there honestly um we need to start looking at the future and making and and not getting rid of the independent stuff that independent stuff not a lot of it's going to hit but some of it will one thing um that was being talked about and i'll let uh sparks and ben talk because i haven't said anything yet um quentin tarantino makes original movies yeah and that's the one thing like who was it i think it might have been patrick Willem saying like he is really the last true independent filmmaker he gets to make 150 million dollar independent blockbusters yeah. about the 1960s in hollywood yeah nobody gets to do that robert, nobody gets robert to do meyer that. burnett was talking about how like they used to have movies like network network's awesome network's great yeah. that was a major studio blockbuster yeah. nice guys nice guys mm-hmm. shane black's nice guys is a great movie yeah. independent and again like th- well warner brothers there are there, there are always like independent movies being made but the real problem is nobody goes to see them yes and that's that's a fundamental problem that like just us as a as a culture need to get over is like hey don't just yeah. go see things that have that have a recognizable name it's it's you know we oft, we often see uh, people tweeting like i'm tired of this of this of all these i'm tired of marvel movies where's the independent movies it's you like, don't see them you're not seeing them you asshole. did you see midsummer no you did not uh midsummer did really well actually i was looking at the numbers somebody oh my god my my coworker at work said right i saw midsummer and i thought of you and I was like, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the spooky guy at work. That makes me so happy. You're inquisitive. Do you have anything you wanted to add, Sparks? Well, okay. So real quick, like glass uh, half positive. I think that this was kind of in some ways an inevitability mm-hmm. of the acquisition. And what I'd like to believe, not that I'm saying it will happen, but what I'd like to believe is that you kind of need to get the house in order. Yeah. And that means like the franchise things have to be in a good place so that you can kind of let them let them be right. manufacturing and anything independent after that you can kind of scout around uh, and you can bring that to the table once 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 the house is built you can start filling it with other things right. and I feel like that's kind of the position we're in is that there was going to have to be reshuffling because Disney was getting a hold of properties that they hadn't signed off on of course they were going to look at some of them and go I don't know if we need this especially coming from a studio that 
didn't have an entirely terrible slate lined up for this year, but did have things like Dark Phoenix on there that they shoved out. Yeah. You know, in a way that well, wasn't wasn't what handled we were well. Talk about when we were <coughs> discussing about having an episode about our summer about the summer movie season. Sure, this summer movie season was shit. If you weren't a Marvel or a Disney movie, you failed. You yeah, bombed hard. Thinking about it, like, yeah, like, there's some pretty bad ones. Wow. I mean, not even just, like, bad quality Or films. a small studio film. Because the A24 films did great. Yeah, Hell. you're right. Hell yeah. Uh, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of, like, the... If the you were in the big, the big leagues, you didn't do so good if you weren't. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's been a bad summer for the industry. Like, I was looking at the top five. Alita is in the top five. Alita, Alita almost bombed. So, I'll Whoa, put... Really? So, this yeah. is, this God, is, this is how I'm going to put that. So, um, th- that's my optimistic where I think that this can go because this this moment that we're in this moment where we're in the beginning of what's what's actually happening at the studio and the change yes. and what that means you have to place set the things that are the major properties first so that you can trickle down to focusing on the smaller ones mm-hmm. right and I feel like that was inevitable and it's not going to be for another two years because of how film production works that we're going to see if they start picking up more original things to fill in the spaces right. I think that can happen I think it will happen uh, I, I do think that that's just kind of where we are. Sure. But uh, going to your point, <clears throat> uh, the the big blockbuster bubble and uh, big IPs, that, that bubble will burst. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that we're probably already seeing it with what you just said about the summer. So I'm not so worried because even if they are pulling all of the big IPs at Fox... Independent films are still being made other places. Independent films are still getting audiences. And because we live in this age where a lot of people can make movies pretty easily. And cheaply. If, if they have an idea, uh, as long as it's not some giant epic. And then, you, you know what, the they, do, they do well and then they wind up getting hired at Marvel and they make a big epic movie there. That's kind of how things are going right now. Mm-hmm. Ryan um, Coogler made Fruitvale Station and, and then he made Creed and then he got to make the biggest movie of the year. So, so my point is, like, I'm not so worried about the future of independent and original material because I think the audience is going to be thirsty for it regardless of if the companies start pumping out only solid giant ips in fact the more that i think they drive the market for that the more that smaller studios like a24 are just going to rise up and show hey look we can just do this we can just do whatever we want over here this year a24 um moved from a just a plain distributor to a um a financier Oh, nice! Yeah, so they're they're actually putting money into movies now, which makes sense because they they have the pool. Yeah. Uh, so so things like that. Legion M's another where uh, you know yeah. small mm-hmm. thing that v- funds these films like Kevin Smith's film or Mandy. Uh, e- the possibility always exists. So I'm not so worried about the future of independent original films. They're going to find their ways to get out there. It's kind of a market you can't stop now. Yeah. Uh, pushing towards larger IPs, if that is the decision, which I do agree with you, I think that's the bad way to go for the company. If they do it, it it's going to backfire on them the same way that uh, the, the way they handled things back in the early 2000s backfired on sure, them. Sure, sure. I get that. I also think uh, if Fox Searchlight doesn't make their own movies and only acquires, I still think, think that could be a pretty good thing because that means that they're actively looking for new talent <clears throat> instead of just like using in-house stuff. They're reaching out to try to find new filmmakers. And I think that can also be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a give and take, really. Yeah. Again, um, it's like going to be, we're not going to know this stuff for like two years. Right. I, I just... General overall, I agree with you that that's not a great direction for the company. I hope it's not the lasting stance. Even if it is, though, the future of film is still bright in other places. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to clarify real quick. Um, looking at the top five box office uh, box office of the year, uh, just for it's a billion dollars and then Alita with four hundred million dollars. Yikes! That is, so in the top the top four are Disney and then it's Alita. I'm man, I'm really proud of Alita. But see, but actually. 
yeah, that's kind of cool. But Alita uh, came in at a loss. Like because it was super expensive. They lost money on Alita, and that's in the top five. Like holy crap. Yeah, I think that's a specific movie because it didn't make a lot of money here. I don't think, right? Not in America. It didn't make a lot of money anywhere. Okay, yeah. Like uh, it still made it still made money. But it was like almost like I think like a two hundred million dollar movie. It was yeah. so like but I can see why that movie specifically lost money. And if there are there if there are major motion picture major studio films under it, that means they also lost money. Yes. Um. Yeah, being the, the four top movies being Disney. Uh. uh so so can you tell me what it's a, it's a Endgame? What it's else? Endgame, Lion King, because Lion King crossed a billion dollars Damn, really? this week. Okay. Yeah. Um. Which I uh, I was surprised honestly. I was surprised. Aladdin. Too. Um, shit, really? Yeah, wow, Aladdin okay. made a billion. Oh, wow. Toy Story four. Toy Story four. Uh, Toy Story four is at nine hundred million. Really? Is yeah. it Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was this nope. year. Oh, was? Yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel billion dollars. Oh, it, was wow. a, it was like two months before Endgame. I can't believe The Lion King and Aladdin made more money than Toy Story four. Me wow. too. That's, that's bananas. That's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's like just just because it has four at the end, and like that people are just like, I don't need that. To be fair, I know a lot of people that felt like there was no need for a Toy Story 4 after Toy Story 3, and I get it. No, I do too. It's still I a get great it. movie. It's still a really good movie, yeah. but oh, like, yeah. I understand how you look at Toy Story 4 and go, really? It's like a mental thing. You see a 4 and you're like, well, that's one too many. Yeah. <laughs> nah, dog. I, d- I, I think it goes more than that. Like, 3 ended. Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah. was an ending. A story ending. Yeah, yeah. And I and I understand the, the feeling like, no, I don't know that you can It's almost that like, like, Brandon, like, like, I don't think I need Doctor Who anymore. Like, oh, I don't need Toy Story. Toy Story ended. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't yeah. need that. I get I, it. I get it. All right. Let's move on. Damn. Good talk. That was our summer movie season talk. Hope you enjoyed it. Damn. <laughs> I, I'm so proud and sad for Alita. Right. Because, like, I like that movie. And, like, it's super bold. But like it's it made it's so expensive, so it's yeah. like so many factors. It's a shame. Anyway, moving mm-hmm. on. Anywho, uh, speaking of Fox, oh, Fox two thousand was impr- was uh, was gearing up production before they were ceremoniously buried and killed and gone and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not bitter, but <laughs> 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 I mean unceremoniously. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no ceremonies here. Fox two thousand was working on an adaptation of a book series called Children of Blood and Bone. Um, now that Fox 2000 no longer exists, a lot of those IP that are that they were working around uh, are up for grabs. Ooh. And what? And this property has caught the eye of Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. So it looks like Disney may allow Lucasfilm to produce movies that aren't an Indiana Jones film or a Star Wars movie. Mm, fine with me. Which is a first for Lucasfilm. Red Tails. A big change. Red Tails was Lucasfilm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He produced. He was like heavily involved. Yeah, he I mean, directed that, didn't he? No. Oh, he did. That movie's really bad. Oh. <laughs> no, he was just like. I mean, he's directed bad movies. It was. Well, oh yeah. Uh, it was his story. Uh, I don't think it was a script, but it was his story, and he was like the guy who got it made. Yeah, but this would be a big change for Lucasfilm anyway. Yeah, it's awesome, uh, especially under Disney. Like the idea that Lucasfilm would be given more. Like Marvel isn't allowed to produce anything other than Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like Lucasfilm, also Lucasfilm like Indiana cool. Jones is gonna have like one more movie and then possibly be dead. Star Wars is gonna be dead for a little bit. They need a franchise in the interim, I think, or I mean, some yeah. something to make the money while Star Wars and Indiana Jones are dead yeah. while they're waiting. Do you have a description of Children of Blood and Bone? I do. Okay, because I've never heard of this. Uh, all right, so Kathleen, so uh, K. O'Yagan, uh, who's one of the writers of This Is Us, is writing the script. Okay. Um, so it's a sad movie. <laughs> the novel published by Henry Holt Books for young readers conjures a stunning world of dark magic and danger as a her- as a young heroine teams up with a rogue princess to restore magic in the land of Orisha. Orisha. Sure. In the aftermath of her mother's death. Quote, the greatest danger, the outlet notes, may be Zeli 
herself as she struggles to control her powers and her growing feelings for an enemy. Okay, uh, so real quick, it, it, the do you you don't know off the top of your head who's the person writing the script for this? Uh, K O Y. This is us. Oyagan. K O Y A G A N. They did this is us, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you spell that? K A Y O Y E G U N. This is a young adult book. Yeah, young adult series. Okay. Young adult fantasy series. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. I wanted to. I, I, not to be race profiling, I want to see if she was black. Because Children of Blood and Bone is a 2018 young adult fantasy novel by Nigerian-American novelist Tommy Adeyemi. Oh. The book, Adeyemi's debut novel and the first book in a planned trilogy, follows heroine Zili Adebola as she attempts to restore magic to the kingdom of Orisha following the ruling class Kos- Kosidan's brutal Bless suppression her. of the class of magic practitioners Zili belongs to the Magi. That sounds cool. So I was like... Oh man, I really hope that's not like a white screenwriter <laughs> doing yeah, yeah. this because that's a bad play. Yeah, man, I want to read this book. <laughs> yeah, I want to read this book. That sounds great. Either Adding way, to cart. Either way, it looks like Disney is going to move forward with this property. Cool. Uh, whether or not Lucasfilm is the one to do it, Kathleen Kennedy is trying. That's awesome. So that's Yo, cool. I'm gonna read this book. We'll talk about this later. And you know what's really cool about Kathleen Kennedy? I've said before is why you know Kathleen Kennedy is the type of producer. Oh my that God, what a cover. Kathleen Kennedy is the type of producer that will do whatever she can to make to let you make the movie that you want to make. The Last Jedi. All of the all of the Star Wars movies are exact. Well, Rogue One are exactly the type of movie. Uh, Han Solo. Well, it's the same movie that Ron Howard wanted to make. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's not the movie that Lord of Miller wanted. To no, make. it's true. Um, it's th- those films are the movies that those creators wanted to make. Yeah. And that's why I pref- that's why I like uh, and they're big. Those are big ass blockbusters too. Yes. So that's cool. I need to get a dictionary, learn how to translate these things. She's <laughs> still looking at the book. I am. Second book comes out December third. There cool. you go. You got oh, you got serious. months. Sweet. It's All right, called guys. Children of Virtue. Mm. Remember last week when we were hurt, when Tom Hardy and jumped vengeance. the gun? What? About, remember last week when Tom Hardy jumped the gun about Venom? Yes. No, I was sick. Why? Okay, so last week Tom Hardy jumped the gun. I, I listened to the episode. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Uh, and Andy Serkis said that he was in talks. He just hadn't signed a contract yet. Well, the day after he signed a contract. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not oh, surprised. Yeah, I remember this. He I, is uh, officially directing Venom 2. Uh, he, po- he posted to Twitter, It's happening. The symbiote has found a host in me, and I'm ready for the ride. Can't wait. Hashtag Venom. Hashtag Venom 2. Hashtag Marvel. So I'll, I'll say um, this makes me... Again, we, we talked about it last week, but I'm more excited for him to direct it than I would if Ruben Fleischer was coming back. Because... Uh, Zombie Line Two didn't really tickle my fancy. That trailer didn't tickle my fancy. So all I have going off of is Zombie Line One, and I like the movie a lot. Don't like Venom. So uh, new direction and new take. He had to have directed films between those two movies, right? No, really. He tried to make that TV show, remember? But that was so long ago. He hasn't done no. no. His only two movies are Zombie Land and Venom. Uh, can you double check for me, Sparks? I am. I'm on it. If he did do anything else, we didn't see it. Because that's some. <laughs> that's a gap. That's some George Miller shit. That's like a. That's like a, a nine year gap. Yeah. That's worse. That's worse than George Miller. No, George Miller's like thir- No, George Miller waited like twenty years or something. After Babe. After <laughs> Babe. <laughs> he made Babe and then he made Mad Max. <laughs> okay, he followed. He followed. Uh, Zombie, Zombie Land. Land. By making the film thirty minutes or less and Gangster Squad. Oh, I like oh less. shit! Okay, thirty minutes less. Thirty minutes less is good. Gangster Squad is actively bad, and that movie has like the best cast. It's like the best trailer. Johnny uh, Depp in that one. No, oh, I, and then, I want to say yeah. And yes, then, and then and he Josh made Venom. Brolin. So he went from Gangster Squad to Venom. Uh, he pro- 
produced two other movies, but he directed Venom next. Okay, I forgot about 30 Minutes or Less. That one's fine. Uh, 30 Minutes or Less. Uh, Gangster Squad is a massive disappointment as a gangster fan. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I just had to look at what Gangster Squad was. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the trailer is awesome. That. It's got Emma Stone in it. Yeah. Yeah, if I show Ryan you Ryan Gosling's in it, you'll remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that like, It's bad. like the best cast. Um, so after reading Absolute Carnage, and we know Carnage is going to be in the second movie, let's see if Woody Harrelson comes back because he just did that because he was friends with the Zombieland director. I hope, because <laughs> like... He's friends with Tom Hardy. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's also in a movie that the guy directed. So here's what. So here's the quote from... from so he was asked a couple days later... Um, you know, he it, it says, it feels like a very contemporary story, and I think hopefully that it's going to be an extraordinary piece of cinema. I can't tell you any of the ideas right now. I'm in the beginning stages, but I have some very clear ideas about what I want to see visually and how we can take the characters to another dimension. I've known Tom for years and cool. admired him as an actor and producer, and we've, went, we've wanted to work together for years. Right on. Uh, they're going to make this movie in 3D. Well, I mean, every movie's, every big movie's technically in 3D. Uh, if you oh, choose. I mean, if like, like really hard 3D. Yeah. Are they going to put uh, Tom Hardy's face on on the Venom symbiote like they did in Mowgli? No, please no. Um, I haven't seen Mowgli, but apparently it's pretty good. I've heard, yeah, I've heard mixed things. Yeah. I don't know. I know Weekly Planet likes it. Um, I will say Andy Serkis knows special effects and mocap better than anyone in Hollywood probably. So, like, I I, I am more positive on this outlook than if than if the Zombieland guy was coming back, honestly. His only, but, oh, for Andy Serkis's second directorial film, this is not where I wanted him to go. Well, no, no, but like I imagine, Mowgli didn't get him the res- get, get the response that he wanted, right? Yeah. And so he's looking at Hollywood. He's like, "How can I make a big move in Hollywood?" I guess it's doing this shitty Marvel sequel, but he actually might make it good. Because like he's everything he's been attached to so far. I mean, it's been good. That dude's like that dude's that dude's talented. He's, yeah, I mean, he's only ever directed a uh, second unit for a Hobbit, and yeah. he did. Uh, but uh, the Hobbit movies Mowgli. don't look bad. That's not <laughs> no, the problem sure. with the Hobbit movies. But I, I mean, he he's not tested as a director uh, for me to really make a make a good call here. No, I agree. Um, he's just been so surrounded by by Hollywood and like the behind the scenes stuff for twenty years. Like, uh, I'm just trying to look positive yeah, no, any I, way I, I can. I feel that <laughs> any way I can. <laughs> Venom sucks. <laughs> Should we get some good news? Yes. Unless we have any more we want to say about Venom too. I got nothing. All right. Hopefully Eminem comes I, back. I have nothing to add on what I said last yeah. week. So. Hopefully Eminem comes back. All right. Oh. Uh, Event Horizon. Guys, we love Event Horizon here. Brandon and I do. Sparks? Yes, I also love Event yeah, Horizon. Sparks loves it. I knew that. I've never seen it. I also watched You're the Weekly Planet. Planet. Um, Event Horizon is a... is a Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Event Horizon, for those of you who don't know, is a haunted is a haunted spaceship movie where the spaceship comes back from hell and Sam Neill is in it and he's demented. You could call it a ghost ship. You could. You could call it a, a ghost ship. Lawrence Fishburne's in it. It's a great movie. It is. It's it's super spooky. It's got great visuals. Uh, Sam Neill is real spooky in yeah, it. Yeah, he is. Oh yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, we've been t- we've been seeing a lot of like at Astra Night Flyers. We've been seeing a lot of things that like oh, oh my god, I forgot about Night Flyers. That is that looks. I'm totally getting like Event Horizon vibes from this. Well, do you know what we're gonna get Event Horizon vibes from next? The TV show. The Event Horizon TV series coming to Amazon. Oh, to Amazon. Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, do we have a team. Adam Wingard is directing it. That's fine, that's okay. I will forgive him. I won't forgive him. But he did Death Note. Uh, <laughs> like I will, f- I won't forgive him. He did. He did, he did other. I forget the other movies he directed. Uh, I think he did. Uh, I looked at his IMDb and like there's like one film I liked of his. Uh, Maybe two. Godzilla vs Kong isn't out yet. Oh, he's doing that too, right? I remember up until Death Note, I've liked his stuff. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, he did v- the VHS stuff. I like VHS. Yeah. Um, this is cool. I'm cool with it. 
Yeah, I I'm really stoked to see more Event Horizon. I think this is a You're next. That's what you're Oh my god, you're next. He is did so your next and the guest, which were both great. He did the guest. Yeah, but he messed up Death Note. I know. I mean, okay, wait, to be fair, I don't blame him. That script was terrible. He was hired to make an American Death Note. So, wait, yes. That movie is that bad, script? but he <laughs> The guest and your next are like honestly two of the best horror movies of, of like that dude knows horror very well. He also did the the latest Blair Witch. That's right, and like I don't hate that movie. That's fine. Um, but yeah, he's got a definitely a horror style that I think will translate it, it perfectly to Event Horizon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I'm really stoked for an Event Horizon. We're TV Ben. We're gonna watch Event Horizon, and you're gonna love it, baby. Okay. Spooky ghosts. Event he Horizon. Space is... ghost, coast to coast. He was not the writer of Death Note, so I don't blame okay, him good. for the writing okay. of it. Yeah, I am. I'm super stoked for this series. Not, nothing is known yet. It's still early days, but hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go to, the, let's go to Demon he Space. He also edits a lot of his movies. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. He edited uh, Your Next, The Guest. Uh, like six, six of his other films. He, I don't think he's the editor for it. Does he do the motion It doesn't list it anyway. Yeah. And he definitely didn't edit Death Note. Okay. All cool. Right. This is awesome. I'm really glad. Uh, another show coming to Amazon is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's t- TV series, Truth Seekers. Mm. Uh, this will be the first TV series produced by Stolen Pictures, which is their production company. Super duper. Um, it's created by Nick Fr- by, by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they will star in it as well. Um, oh, it's like spaced all over again. The show will center around a pair of ghost hunters, one of which is played by Nick Frost, to investigate uh, ghost sightings and other paranormal activity. Simon Pegg is playing a character named Dave, but we don't know what... We don't know what, what what He's a ghost. We don't know anything more. He's a ghost. Dave's a ghost. Come on, guys. Uh, this is the quote from Nick Frost. He says, Simon, Miles, and I, uh, Miles is one of their producer partners, uh, and, uh, and everyone at Stolen Pictures are incredibly happy to be making true seekers with our new partners, Amazon Prime Video. It's been nothing but a joyride in seeing this mad tale of paranormal conspiracy unfold in all its understated brilliance. Amazon's com- commitment and support of the show and of original programming generally showed us that we couldn't be collaborating with a bigger or better team. Right on. What was that haunted show about the haunt, like the the spooky cops with Adam Scott and and shit? Because oh, I, I heard exactly I was so excited for that show. Oh, oh no! And then uh, everyone said it was god awful. It was Craig Robson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was just like, god. Oh, it, it reminds me of that. I don't remember. <laughs> but I hope that. But this is the good version of it. <laughs> that was on Fox for a while. I don't wasn't remember. It? I just remember seeing a commercial and it was really expensive and it was apparently really bad. Wasn't it like ghosted? Ghosted. Ghosted. That's yeah. what it is. That's what it was called? Yes. Yeah. It's called Ghosted. Oh, it, wow. I think it got canceled like immediately. <laughs> no, yeah. it got its full season. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think it got a second season. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, actually, I think it did. And then that. Nobody watched and it. And then that got changed uh, when Disney got Fox. Good. Uh, finally, something positive from Disney Fox. <laughs> Letting bad things go. <laughs> That's too bad. I really was really looking forward to that. I was too, man. I love those two guys. Yeah, and it's then got 16 episodes. Wow, that's a lot more episodes than I thought it had. Okay. That's 16 hours I'm never going to watch. Maybe it got good at the end. No. Are they half-hour episodes? Because yeah. they could blow through mm-hmm. 16 half-hour episodes. Yeah. But you shouldn't. There's other things to watch. I mean, hell, it's like, what, six hours? Yeah. Eight hours? Yeah. It's a day. It's true. Um, all right. What's next? Uh, Walmart. But not the Walmart you think. Um DC Comics. Oh, okay. I was like, this is another Walmart. Is continuing, uh, is continuing their Walmart line with with new their new additions. Um, the biggest news, however, is that they are finally putting the Walmart giant 100 page uh, issues into comic shops. Hell yeah, they are. Yay! Um, and I contemplated putting some on my list. Uh, there's a Scooby Doo one. 
Uh, yes. Swamp Thing is getting a ser- is like a long form. I saw that, one. baby. Yeah, baby. Let's put, put it in the comic shops. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, um, more Swamp Thing. And uh, uh, what was the other editions? There was another edition. Oh, DC Superheroes Girls. DC Superhero Girls. So not only will they be exclusive to Walmart, they will no longer be exclusive to Walmart. They will still be in Walmart, but they will also be in comic book stores. Wow, so we can that's actually buy them now. That's good. Yeah. Because our biggest complaint about these Walmart books is that we try to go to Walmart and there's not there. I gotta tell you, like, I, I recently went to Walmart and I looked for those books and they're, they're still, not there. there weren't any. I have only ever found them in Wal- one Walmart yeah. and that was in Irvine. Damn. I'm on that is there. so far away. Um, all right. So so they're going to expand to six titles. There's going to be a Swamp Thing one, uh, a Flash one, a Teen Titans one, a Justice League of America, a Titans one, and a Wonder Woman one. Um, and they will soon expand. Um, just going off my... When I've I'm sorry. Did you say... Teen Titans and Titans? Teen Titans okay. and Titans. Cool, cool. And they will soon expand to TV shows such as Doom Patrol. The Doom Patrol show will get a Walmart ex- will get a Walmart comic. That's some weird shit, dog. Don't yeah. know. That's like that's like Flash How season eleven or like season zero stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's kinda weird. It's Walmart Marvel season eleven, by the way. Smallville, thank you. Man, I like that that I don't mind yeah. when a show's like over. Yeah, but that show is not over. That's just like supplemental material. If you made like a Swamp Thing show comic, I'd I'd probably check that out. Well, but, but think about, think about what, like what these what these are. They are not just original stories. They are collecting other the stories and stuff. So if like sure. So if you're like a Doom Patrol TV show fan, you want to read some Doom Patrol. There's the 100 page issue. You got some old you got some old Doom Patrol. That, that is a good point, actually. You got Grant Morrison. You got Young Animal. Mm-hmm. You got some Doom Patrol there. It's true. It's I true. think that's not a bad idea. That is you shut idea. up! I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because we, we are still getting no, like just like a new Doom Patrol comics out now. Yeah, with Gerard Way on it and, and his brother. The, and the, so that, and that, that's a good way. That's a good way to get. See, putting these in comic shops, by the way, is also a good way to be like, oh, what's this? A sampling of Doom Patrol comics. Then I come back to my local comic shop and buy the rest. And then watch the TV show. And then watch it's never how it happens. You go to Amazon and you look up Doom Patrol, and then you find the cheapest. You one. find the used copies, the cheapest used copy libraries, and you. This buy one has them. a ninety-one percent. Uh-huh. This one has ninety-five. Trust me <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah. But, but it is. I'm just being honest. That's oh, yeah. the reality. <laughs> it is nice that you know it was. It was great that they put them in Walmart. It's great that they were successful. Uh, you know, they were successful enough for them to keep going. Um, they got people interested in these comic books. You know, you get new fans who go to Walmart. You see these books. You get interested. Uh, but now, because with the new stories, you know, it was a little dumb that the new stories weren't available to comic book fans. It makes me actually, and now we get the new stories. It makes me wonder, Brandon, if, if, act, if a lot of regular people were actually buying these or they were the comic people because they didn't put that many out. It was all the comic people and going buying them all. Well, so they were at, they were at the checkouts. Uh, they were always at checkout. So they were like, you know. Impulse buying. Oh, maybe that's I why I didn't see them. The, not always. The, no. Okay, because I looked in the book always. section. Yeah, they uh, were on the magazine some, rack. Sometimes. So here's the thing: the Walmart that I saw them at the one time I saw them, you had to go to that section where like the Pokemon cards are. Oh, oh not the books. Oh. And then it's right there. Stupid. And there was like a little bin, uh, like a cardboard bin, and that had the comics in it. Interesting. Wow, they wow. don't even care. Uh, wow. Okay. It depends on the Walmart. I guess so. Yeah. So I think uh, I think in the beginning. But no, prob- they were never near the books, Ryan. Maybe that's why I never found them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in the beginning, probably a lot of like collectors went for them, but I think after a while that stopped. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I've, it's too much work. Yeah, it really is. But you know what? They were successful. I'm glad. And uh, hopefully they did buy the, the trades. Hopefully they did the intended tri- thing of getting people into comic books. And, and like we picked up Tom King Superman book. Like at the yeah. comic shop, uh-huh. so like I'm glad. Yeah, it's actually happening. Yeah, that Tom King book is in my pull, and when I saw that, I'm like, oh no, this is gonna stay there. I'm gonna be oh, reading this Fox later. Fox is an alien. They turned a 12 issue series. They turned a 12 issue Walmart 
uh, exclusive into a six issue miniseries. Hey man, do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Moving on. Trailers. Moving on up. Tra- 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 trailers. Let's do oh it. man, we're here. Yeah, we're here. All right, we, we arrived in the with. trailer. Can we start with the one that makes me the most upset and just get it done? The Adams Family, then. Yay! Da, 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 da. This sucks. Da, 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 da. I don't want to see it. It's been a while. Please no, stop. Thank you. It's been a while since I've been so optimistically excited about something and then immediately. Like, yeah, I like that first trailer a lot. Of it. At first, I, I only had one complaint from that first trailer, which was like, I'm just a little worried about the portrayal of Gomez because he seems a little like clumsier and klutzier than he should he should move real smooth i he's just don't like his design yeah, yeah he's very suave and i'm like mm, but i can get by with it yeah I, it's I can fine get it. and then we hit this trailer and i'm like oh boy it turned wow, into no. like illumination movie and that's like my the worst parts of an illumination movie yeah. Yeah. um so this trailer so the first trailer dropped when the first trailer for star wars the rise of skywalker dropped uh I texted you guys my thoughts on the rise of Skywalker, but I also texted uh, I also texted Sparks. I wasn't too impressed by any of the trailers that dropped that week. Right, and I remembered that specifically when this came out, and I, I realized uh, that I remembered. Yeah, the Adams family like it's never worked for me. The, once the first trailer dropped, this trailer it's just I, maybe it was the animation. I don't like the animation style. Yeah, uh, I think Wednesday's design is terrible. Wednesday's uh, design. Wednesday's design specifically. Oh, I love I her hate, nooses. I hate this, you don't like I the nooses. The it's not the nooses; it's her balloon-shaped head. Well, I mean, and that's fair. I mean, they're all very ex- uh, uh, and like ex- Go- Gomez. Yeah. I don't think Gomez should be a short little pudgy dude. Yeah. See, the reason I I'm okay with that because like him and Pugsley are are, are more relatable, and then Wednesday and Morticia are like the, they sure. look more similar. For me, I've never had a problem with the animation style. It's the core of what this movie is about. It's about them going to New Jersey and going to a new house and, in, and just living in a regular world. Like That's the most generic thing I've in, ever heard. Yeah. In just slightly minor defense of Wednesday's uh, head, her head shape is inspired by the original cartoon series that they made. Mm-hmm. They're trying to homage to that. Okay, um, That was the shape that they made in 1992. Hey guys, uh, watch the Steven Soderbergh movies. <laughs> yeah, man, those are fun as hell. Yeah. Yes, Christopher Lloyd's Fester is like yeah. The incredible. live the live action movies are great. The the old live action cartoon is great. The old cartoon series, yeah. uh, sorry, yeah. live action series, cartoon series, two separate things. They're both great. Um, I never had a direct problem outside of Gomez with this animation style. I was like, this is this is uh, it's a it's a take. It's trying to do I, something I like, at least. I like the exaggeration on characteristics. That's of them. what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, and I and that was working for me. And then this trailer, it, it wasn't working for me anymore. And again, like <laughs> the first trailer, it's all about like them doing Adam's family stuff in their house. Like that's what that's that's what I like about it. And then the second trailer, the second that they saw the New Jersey sign, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. The whole f- the fun of Adam's family is having regular people come to them, and like their house is super twisted and it can kill you at any and, moment. And I hate the portrayal of every regular character we see in this trailer. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know oh, who yeah. this is oh, for. Oh, they're monsters. I don't know who this like, is playing I, to. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it feels like the worst interpretation of what Hotel Transylvania did. I don't know how many uh, Hotel Transylvania movies everybody here has seen. One. All three. Two. Cool. Okay, yeah, solid. I've seen all three. Um, in the second one, uh, they introduce um, uh, the the human boy... Uh, his name escapes me. But uh, the human boy's uh, parents... Whatever. His, his parents who... Uh, the the whole gimmick is like oh they're getting married so like the parents have to meet the monsters and all this thing that's not the whole movie but that's a chunk of the movie and that was done with with at least some characterization and like a deft hand and like uh the the mom like makes essentially like racist comments toward the monsters in a way and the husband's like just like 
Karen, this isn't how we do this. It's Nick Offerman, so it's great. Um, it, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was handled with some kind of thought to it, and this just looks like there's no real intention. Every line that's said in this trailer, I don't find either clever or funny. Yeah. It's all just happening, and I don't yeah. care. I thought some of the gags were fine, like uh, her becoming Dr. Frankenstein or bringing the frogs back to life. Yeah, I thought, the cool. gag, I thought the gag was fine. Yeah. Um, I didn't care much for the dialogue. Yeah. No, but, no, yeah. The only part of the Adam's fan of this new trailer that I personally liked was Wednesday bringing the frogs back to life. I thought that was funny. But everything else, like like what Ryan says, like, hey, we're going to move this old from our awesome house to New Jersey. It's just like this already feels dumb. And, like, and yeah, I, I agree with Sparks. The characterizations of like the quote-unquote normal people – very just like this is just like you guys have never ba- seen a goth family give me a break yeah it's like <laughs> this is just like basic pumpkin spice loving white bitch right here i don't i don't like it i don't like it at all no offense I, to all those pumpkin spice loving yeah white if, you like, if, if, if you like show. pumpkin spice you, you i'm a little offended but i'll get over it so okay, if you like bitch. pumpkin spice go for it that's your thing uh but it's it's just not, i'll tell you what it doesn't it appeal to me at all at, at first when i saw the animation style like the first trailer i was like you know what? i would be down to see it and as i keep seeing this style it, it doesn't grow on me it kind of makes it worse yeah. for me um the thing that really like uh cousin it is that because yes. that's a name uh-huh. cousin yeah. it is an awesome character uh i have a Funko pop introduced as a pimp because it's snoop dogg yeah so like they intru- and like it's like a, it's like a snoop dogg song and it's like a pimp cane and like because it's suede snoop dogg shoes. It. yeah and i'm like this 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 feels like a bad animated movie that I don't like seeing. Related to our topic later today, that is a use of paratext. You are supposed to like it because you it, realize it's, it's Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Dog. Yeah. Uh, I oh just want to say, uh, if this was live action and Oscar Isaac was Gomez, like almost the whole cast, whole like Charlie Theron the, was the, actually the Morticia. Kids, uh, the Charlie Theron as Morticia would yeah. be great. Yeah, that'd like, be yeah. awesome. Yeah. I would. Hey man. guys, watch the Steven Soderbergh movies. They're great. Yeah. Coming to Blu-ray this year. Man, Raul Julia. What a, Could what you, a beautiful man. I, I, because I'm making the comparison because this is this is very much like the kind of interpretation of Hotel Transylvania. The part of the, not what the plot of those films are, but part of the gimmicks are when the monsters are interacting with people who have never interacted with the monsters before. Yeah. That happens in all three of the movies to a di- different degree. If Tartakovsky had done Adam's Family, I would have been happy. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That's He's too busy enough. making that dope. Dinosaur show or whatever. Primal. Yeah, Primal. Adam's family is really up his alley, too. Yeah. But, but I think that's kind of why he made... Like, I'm sure if you asked Tartakovsky, like, what was part of the inspiration for Hotel Transylvania? would be family. like, I love the Universal <laughs> uh, monster films. Yeah. I really like them. And I love Adam's family. And I thought about putting those two things together. That's basically what that is. Yeah. I love... I just want to rewatch those movies now again because, like, that second one's all about this woman trying to get Fester's money, and he's like, "Yes, this disgusting monster," but she's trying to fall in love. Like, she's faking it, and like, that's so much fun. I that is so much fun. That is not at all what I got from this new trailer at all. All right, it's a shame. Yeah. Let's get on to the good stuff, baby. Yeah. Uh, Titan season two, then. I'm excited for the show, and I know Raven sucks. Sparks, I know Raven sucks. Raven sucks, guys. She sucks. Everything uh, I heard. Her, her you know what? Her new hair looks stupid. Actually, I kind of like it. I, I mean, her hair before didn't look that good, so yes. it's... Uh, besides Raven, uh, all the characterization I really enjoyed, and I love seeing Ian Glenn as, as Bruce Wayne. I love uh, this showing Deathstroke, because I already knew Deathstroke was in a show because you showed us Rose Wilson, who is his daughter. Sure. That means there's going to be some awesome family dynamics between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson and Rose and her dad. Really That's like awesome. Bruce Wayne. It's awesome, right? And that dude's awesome. Game of Thrones, baby. Um, Doctor Who, thank you. Oh, you're right. He was in two episodes of Doctor Who. There you go. All right. Um, he was in seasons of Thrones. I'm just saying. I know him. Seasons. Doctor Who. 
He was in eight seasons. <laughs> yeah. You know him from Game of Thrones, too. You watch that. I did watch the beginning of Game of Thrones. There you go. But he was more memorable to me in the episodes with the angels on Doctor Who Men's yeah. <sighs> season. Um, All right. Uh, Hawk and Dove are awesome. Like, truly, like, really great characters that I, I've i never cared about the Hawk and Dove in my life. Yeah, Hawk and Dove uh, are kind of the standouts, to be honest. I was, talking, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Marty Sullivan. Yeah. I was talking to him about Titans, uh, amongst other DC show stuff, um, this uh, past week when I was up in Monterey. And we were talking about it, and I was saying, honestly, the standouts to me are, are Hawk and Dove. Like, I walked away from that show really really liking those characters kind of more than any of the main cast yeah. to be honest with I really you. like Dick Grayson um, I think Brendan Thwaites is really good I think he's doing a great job but I got really attached to Hawk and Dove and I'm so glad they're, the they're, the like, was they're like part of the team like they're in the show a yes. lot because like, they, they know what works <clears throat> yeah yeah I think um, it doesn't really reveal a lot, just like the title you know, back. You know what their vibe reminds me of? It, it reminds me a lot of what works for me in Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can feel That's that. That's why I like Hawk and Dove so much. Like, they, they got those characters as a couple down really well. If I the tone it. of this trailer was the tone of the first trailer for season one, that show would have gone over very differently. Yeah, I think... Th- <sighs> And the show, that's kind of what the show is. It is a darker approach, but I think the marketing was kind of did a disservice yeah, to what that show sh- actually was. But the show... The the trailer for the show, the first trailer, shows Robin killing three people, and he doesn't. Yeah, that's and it says F Batman. It's like you're I, you're trying to market this super hard when it's not what the show is actually. Yeah, I'm like that sucks. So <laughs> that like, sucks. I think they 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 did a misstep, yeah. and I think I think this is correcting that. I agree. Yeah, I hope so. I'm so glad this is getting a second season, and that's one thing. Really? <gasps> no, no. <laughs> I just had to say it because something's dead forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I. I'd very quickly kill Titans to have oh, Swamp Thing as much as I like Titans. Oh. We'll sacrifice yes. all of everything for another season of Swamp Thing. Hell yeah, I've never even seen it. It's good. But I'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sacrificed the show to get Swamp Thing back. Um, don't do that to me. I think that's going a little too far. <laughs> don't do that to me. Everything don't make Ryan. us pick our favorite child. <laughs> yeah, that's really hard. <laughs> everything, Ryan. Everything. God. Wonder Woman Bloodlines had a trailer. This is the new animated movie coming from DC Animation. Uh, I still hate Wonder Woman's outfit in these new movies. It's uh, I've I've almost kind of grown just like it's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. I'm just I'm so used to it for like a decade now. I'm just like that's it's that's what it is. All right. This is this is her uh, costume. This kind of this looks like like a re a retelling of her origins, but with more villains. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Donovan plays Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really cool because I like that actor. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, uh, you should really watch Fargo. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see. We got Cheetah. We got Poison. We got. Cybermaid. Cybermaid. I think that's her name. Cybermaid. Sister Cyber. I don't know. I don't remember. Cyborg. Uh, looks girl. okay. It doesn't. I mean, it looks about as good as any of the other animated films. Yeah, and I t- I haven't watched like the last three Superman. Yeah, ones. there's nothing exceptionally interesting here, and something that kind of irks me uh, is that it's animated, and I feel like they're not doing anything unique or new. No, like there's. She's Let your imagination go She's wild. In a how, city. Am I, how am I Ooh. watching like the same kind of animation? Stuff happening that I'd watch if I watched, no offense to it, but if I watched Justice League right now, like, how am I not watching anything new? Yeah. And again, Your like, animation. I feel like they're... Be creative. They're trying to pull, like, the, the way of the Wonder Woman movie. Like, oh, it's Steve Trevor landing. It's 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 the uh, atta- it's like an attack on Themyscira, but it's, like, bad guys instead of World War Two people. I also have a request from our friend Marty Sullivan since I brought him up. And oh. we're talking about DC animated stuff. Uh, he really, really wants us to watch uh, the Batman Samurai film. Batman oh, Ninja. Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja. I've heard yeah. awesome things. He really wants us to watch that, and he wants us to uh, at least share with him our thoughts on it. I would love to for the for, for a fan because he yeah. he, right. he had a whole thing with me where he went, I 
It was wild. And I'm like, this is coming from you. And he was like, I just, I didn't know what to think. I've heard some crazy things about yeah. it. And I just I've keep. Heard, I've heard very mixed things about it. I have too. But like in the way we're like, oh, I think I'm going to love it because it's batshit nuts. Yeah. yeah. Like it goes overboard, like how crazy it is. I mean, I have it. So I do intend to watch we it. We have it on uh, DC Universe. So we, we just need to oh. pop it up. Oh, I could do that. Pop it in. Uh, Invader Zimbo said another trailer. It's like ninth trailer in a row. This is actually an actual trailer. All right, stop me if you've heard this before. So the plot of this movie appears to be this this guy named Zim. He's an alien. He's invading the Earth, and he's in disguise as a human. He's got Gur with him. And uh, there's this kid named Dib who's convinced that he knows that Zim is an alien. Stop, I heard this before, and it's the entire plot of of the whole series. Oh, dang. Well, this is more of that. Oh, great. Okay. Works for me. Honestly, I think you'll enjoy it. Probably. It's not really going to come up in your mind. Barely an inconvenience. You know what? I have a weird thing with Vader Zim. Like, really weird. Because when that show first came out, I was obsessed with it. I freaking I loved it. And then um, I was my first freshman year of college before I met you, Brandon. There's some friends of mine who had the whole series on DVD and we would watch it. And then as I'm rewatching it as an adult, I'm like, this is what? I don't know if I like this anymore. It, it's it was always weird, and that's why I love yeah. it. Yeah, like oh, so we were talking about uh, Netflix originals earlier. Um, this Rock- is a Netflix original. No, I know, but Rocco's Modern Life is on Netflix right now. Oh. They re- they put the movie. Um, uh, well, I forgot what it's called, but the move, but the movie that was supposed to be on Nickelodeon is now on Netflix. We that's saw awesome. it. This yeah, is, this is the, the same thing. This, this was that was, was part of this news with oh. Invaders in when we talked about it a few months ago. Okay, we said Invaders in and Rocco were coming oh, yeah. to Netflix. Yeah, but I'm. You would think Rocco's Modern Life, one of the shows that of the '90s, everyone's like, "Oh my God, I'm so happy it's back." I never liked Rocco's Modern Life, even in the '90s. Oh, I, I did not like that show. So I'm this wa- is why we didn't talk about it much, is because okay. nobody here cared about Rocco's yeah. Modern Life. Yeah, so I I watched it, but I don't have. I a mean, I might anyway, watch yeah. this Invaders in, but if that trailer. But all the stuff I've been seeing right now is like it just uh, just looks like the show. That's cool, I guess. I, mean, I haven't seen the show since it went off the air for *Butterly the Martians*. So you know, yeah. maybe I'll still oh, like it. God, *Butterly Martians*. Oh, *Butterly Martians*. I forgot about that. You ugly said one. *But Ugly Mar- Martians*, and all I could think of was uh, uh, the the Martian movie with uh, Christopher Lloyd and Jeff. My Daniels. favorite Martian. Yeah, my favorite Martian. <laughs> Hell yes, I love that movie. Boy, what a movie! <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> oh, is this in the news that Nickelodeon bought the rights for Garfield? Eh, we don't know what they're doing with it. No, yet. I just I that's a that's a story I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> that's so weird. Okay. Yeah. Bab Zim. Yay, I, I guess. I th- th- the animation looks great. It I does. wish this was it an actual trailer that no, told me something yeah, new. The animation, <laughs> do, the animation does look good. I mean, it's better than the last trailer, which was just him laughing in a Dude, toilet. the last yeah. three times we talked about it have been ten second trailers. Yeah. Like I I give me something to make me want to watch this. Wow, it's it's the same thing from the show. Yeah. I give me another something. Or else. that first trailer they put out where it was just music and no dialogue. It's like now, give me dialogue. Go, going back to the Nickelodeon Garfield news. Now, <laughs> did they announce that it will in fact be Gazorpazorp Field? From Rick and Morty, or is it just going to be Garfield? No, it's just Garfield. Because that creates different interests on my end. <laughs> it's just Garfield. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reason. Yeah. So I thought about the news. The it news was actually th- a joke. I <laughs> no, but like I thought. I thought about putting it on there because uh, apparently Viacom and Par- Vi- Viacom will be re- is thinking about remerging Paramount and CBS, and this is part of that. So that's kind of neat. Garfield, <laughs> a tale of two kitties. All right. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we move on? Uh, let me think about it. No, probably not. Sparks? No, I don't think so. All right, let's do our topic. All right, then for our main topic, uh, you guys may have heard of a little movie called Avengers Endgame. Oh, oh just that tiny little indie film that hardly made any money? Yeah. Oh, uh, do you mean all the money? Well, this has brought up a conversation uh, that uh, it comes up every now and then. It does come up with most. It used to come up mostly in relation to Star Wars. 
Um, but the idea of like, you know, I was coming at this from, you know, whose voice should really matter, uh, the how an audience interprets a film versus how the creator intended the film. Um, you hear that a lot with Star Wars, definitely. Sure. Um, you know, like people actively fight George Lucas's vision of Star Wars a lot of time until we get to the sequels and then they don't and then they forget that conveniently um and then uh, oh boy well we're, uh, i've been thinking a lot about that yeah. specifically with death of the author and there's so much star wars stuff that i'm saving for our talk with mike and downright some nerdy. of it some of it we should cover here because definitely like it, it'll prime them up so that they're thinking about it okay. and also because there's going to be so much star wars talk we're not going to it's such okay. a be able to devote a huge section to, to that well because it's, it's all the prequel stuff no for sure for sure yeah gotcha and it, and it is such a it is such a. It is where this came from, uh, as far as like our geek sphere. Uh, also, Harry Potter after Harry Potter um, after the fact, exactly. J.K. just can't stop talking. <laughs> she really <laughs> needs to. Um, but for Avengers Endgame, you know, this came up with the conversation that you know we obviously we have seen uh, the conflicting reports uh, from the Russo brothers and Marcus Smith, the people who made the movie, <laughs> um, about what the ending to Avengers Endgame means. Um, now I have held the opinion uh, since since the film that it is it, what matters is how you interpret the film because the film doesn't explicitly say what one way or the other. I think what matters is how you interpret it. I think that, that is I important. think it does. I think it specifically does tell you you don't change the past because you don't change the past. No, but the it, what, the the ending specific the ending it can be read two ways and the way Marcus McFeely read it the way I the, hate the their way. Re- I want them to stop talking. Either Marcus and McFeely say he just kept his head down and didn't change anything, or uh, of course, or or the Russo brothers. Of course, he went to an alternate reality and lived out his life in an alternate reality. Either way, uh, we're not here to talk about which ones we believe. Uh, I think what what matters is how the how how you read it, and uh, more specifically, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is my final point here uh, before we move on. Uh, if you try. Recently, it has been taken as gospel how a creator intends a property. And I think that's wrong. I think that, you know, people are getting so mad about Endgame in relation to Endgame, the idea that, well, if it's this way, so it's this way. No. It, it is how you read it. That should be the important, that should be the important thing. Uh, we should not be taking the creator... Once the creator has made a property, made a thing, made a content, uh, how you read it then should become... Uh, the most important thing to you, not how they intended it. Their words should not be gospel if it's not explicitly written on screen. I don't think anyway. Those sparks, you were going to jump in. So um, this this came up recently on the last Infinity Pod podcast episode that they had, um, and they they it ca- didn't come up in specifically the ending of Endgame. It did come up in the way that uh, people keep making headline articles out of every little thing that the Russos or Marcus and McFeely say about Avengers Endgame, regardless oh of God, what it yes. might be about. Um, not about the ending, but things like, uh, uh, I, you know, my opinion, um, the most heroic act in all of Endgame is uh, Black Widow's sacrifice. And then that opinion piece becomes gospel. And it's like, this is the most heroic sacrifice in Avengers Endgame, blah, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. Any, uh, uh, and there is a, uh, or another one was like a... Cap lifting the hammer? That's that's one that that's one that that yeah that one um that's a problem uh the Russos uh, commenting on a film they didn't make and saying that whether or not not saying I think saying Cap could lift the hammer 
Um, that's a great example. Uh, so this was brought up, and they, they also kind of framed it in the same way that I realized I wanted to frame this, because you were having this discussion about uh, authorial intent and audience interpretation for yeah. a while that you were wanting to do this. Um, and I wanted to relate it to the, the death of the author, um, the 1967 essay by the French literary uh, Roland Berthes, sorry, Roland Barthes, um, which uh, is something that I wanted to revisit and, and uh, e in the sense that that was something written then and social media wasn't such a pervasive uh, existence and that has made Nobody this whole can hear problem, your opinion that, that has then. made this whole problem far worse. Um, and then yes. I, I, I know you watched the Lindsay Ailes yes. video. I'm sure Ryan did. Ben, you also did? Watched it. So Lindsay Ailes also has an excellent video that really sums up like what death of the author, author means in the modern age and we're kind of bouncing off and responding to that in relation to our nerd culture discussion so you know that if you want to know more about that specifically go check out her video it's a great summation of like what death of the author actually means why it's prevalent today okay yeah, i don't think that in the show um so something that bothers me with the avengers endgame one is that uh real quick before we get into all the the rest of it is that uh I do, I do stand by that. Like Marcus Mephili should shut up, and so should the Russos. But like Marcus Mephili should shut up because it doesn't even make sense because they they establish rules of time travel in their movie that they wrote. It's and not ambiguous. You either are That's paying attention to those it's rules. It's not ambiguous. It's the you're rules either paying attention to those rules or you're not, and they clearly have a different intention that doesn't make sense. And that they whatever. make fun of Back to the Future because yeah. it's not Back to the Future. Um, anyway, yes. Going off of that. Uh, it's it's always been my opinion, um, and I, I didn't think about it that much until that we started talking about doing this, that um, all media I've always consumed, comics, films, um, television, if it's, uh, if it's, you know, put out there, I treat it like a painting. It's art that you're meant to get your impression out of. I don't, I don't often when I do look, and I do on occasion, look at art, <laughs> just paintings, and I don't often try to find the title even or understand what the artist had to say about why they made this piece unless I, unless I feel like I have a really good reason to, unless I want to understand textually why they made it. Um, but I don't often find myself doing that. A great example of this recently would be uh, Us. When Us came out, oh, yeah, I yeah. was thirsty uh, online to look for everybody's reactions to us. Not because I wanted to find Jordan Peele telling me what the movie was about mm -hmm. or what things meant. I wanted to know what everybody else thought because I knew what I thought and I wanted to hear if I if there were other people who were kind of thinking in the same vein or had better ways of of you know expanding on those ideas or if I was just really off in relation to other people just because I wanted to know. This has happened to me a few times with a few films. Uh, Neon Demon is another where at the end of Neon Demon I went looking for like everybody who was possibly talking about that movie just because I wanted to know what their takes were on it. Dude, um, Twin Peaks. Twin, Twin the Peaks. Quintessential. Yes. The quintessential. He made something and everyone has their different opinion on it because he does not give you anything. He says, here's Boy. an emotion. How does that make you feel? So the, the end of Twin Peaks is like the 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 current end. You want to talk about ambiguous? Twin Peaks, the return. Jeez, that is one of the most like woof endings I've ever sat through. And I way. thought about it for, I still think about it. Yeah. And and I went and I looked at uh, all these audience reactions. But the thing is, like, I don't ever want David Lynch to tell me what the ending. Meant. He never will. I don't, and I don't want him it's to. Great. I never want him to. Um, that's what I love about it so much. I want to I want to go back to us real quick. So we talked a little bit. So uh, sure, the Empire Podcast was a podcast a lot of us listen to. 
uh, does a series on spoiler specials. Where they're they amazing. I listened to this one that you're. They bring in like the creators. Yeah. And they talk. bring in the creators and they yeah. talk about their intentions with the with the film and how they decide to do it. Um, what they were thinking. <laughs> the Christopher McQuarrie ones are always like four six hours. hours. Long. It's amazing. Um, but so they brought in Jordan Peele for us. Now Jordan Peele said, "I will answer all the questions you ask me, but there are some that I just won't." Because I want the audience to interpret them in their own ways. I don't 100%. want them to tell. I don't want to tell them how they should read it. And I, that is, that is exactly how you should approach these things. Yeah, um, I've I've realized that when wielded properly, ambiguity is a powerful tool and tool, and one that I find I prefer more often than not. Um, uh, especially if it's something where it's it's involved with a lot of thinking. I prefer for you to leave it to me to make decisions. Sure. Um, a, another example I'll bring up. I don't know if anybody ever saw this movie, but there was a movie called Devil that yeah. was uh, the, the shot around as being yeah. produced by, by Shyamalan, I but it, it wasn't the directed by him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of spoilers for the end of that movie. No, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> if you watch that movie, when I first saw it, if the movie had cut five minutes earlier and ended with this man who had been in the elevator and confessed to his sins of how he was responsible for the death of the daughter. I don't remember the details. Of, of yeah. the cop who arrested him. And then he's sitting in that cop's car after everything he just went through in the elevator, which was like all this horrible shit. And they're sitting in silence for a while. And if they just ended the movie right there, holy crap, that movie would be incredible. Also, that um, movie's not that bad. But that mo- No, it's not that bad. But the ending would have been incredible. I would have talked about that for forever. Um, instead, a- after this long stint of silence, which is where they should have cut, they instead give you an answer and resolution between those two characters. And it's kind of like, okay. I would not be surprised if like that, like the actually the director had a vision of how he wanted to end it. And the studio was like, I'm confused. Sure. Give me answer, please. Sure. But that's, uh, but that's uh, my thing is that that film would have improved from a sense of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the, the, uh, standard cookie cutter resolution. I preferred to live in the I have no clue what happened in that moment and it's so tense and just let it live with me for that that length of time. Right. Um, it's it's strange how much people have it now in social media decided that they need to put out like anytime somebody doesn't get what they want them to get out of something they have to like now reinforce no 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 it's this. Uh, JK well, it's, Ra- also, it's oh. also interesting how like like fandom hungers for it. Like there are people who are who, th- there's a reason why this is why that this these reactions exist is because there are people out there going like I need to know exactly how you intended that because I need to know how it, how that how that's supposed to read. Sure. And I like that's a that's a choice. That's a choice. I, I won't I won't I won't discredit anyone S- for one Some people choice. need the need the answers for them and that's not a bad thing. Some people yeah. don't like ambiguity. I thrive on it. But uh, Midsummer Ben I think there's oh some God. ambiguity in Midsummer. There's a lot of ambiguity in Midsummer. Holy shit! The same movie. There's no ambiguity. I mean, <laughs> he's just trying to get Ben in the convo. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, that that or Shadow of the Colossus, Ben. We can talk yeah. about that just yeah. real quick. <gasps> For up until the very end of that game, you don't know if what you're doing is good or bad. No. You were told you are in this forbidden land and your girlfriend's dead. You have to kill 16 Colossus. That's it. There was no story to that game. So you're doing all these things, and you're like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. And then the end kind of tells you. But it could still, for the character, you might be doing a bad thing, but you're doing it for good reasons. So it's still it's still ambiguous in a way. Yeah. It doesn't even, fully give you the answers. Even the ending to that game, as the credits roll, things are still happening in the end of the game. But And you still have... I had a lot of questions getting out of Shadow of the Colossus. But they were not questions that I felt like I you need needed to have answers. You needed answers to, yeah. Because um, to, 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 to finally 
toss my hat into this ring. Um, I did watch the the Lindsay Ellis video, and I did sure. skim the um, the essay. And my thought on this whole thing is there are like the whole when Lindsay Ellis was talking about the whole Josh Green situation about his care about the character John Green of John Green. Thank you, Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars character trying to find the ending to her favorite book. So she found the author, and the author said there is none. That's a good. That's a good I made stuff. this all up. Yeah. This is none. It it's fiction. Th- it's not real. Yeah, it made me think of two things that in my life that had endings that I didn't necessarily like, but I also I would be okay with an answer, but I don't want an I don't need an answer because it might be not the answer yeah. you want. The two things are the ending to um, the Inheritance title, the Aragon film, the books, mm-hmm. and Nagima. Say what you want about Nagima. That ending. What's I, that? It's it's what a it's a manga. What the hell is that? It's a it's a ma- it's it, a manga anime series. Yeah, Got it's, it. a, it's a manga anime series. I'm it's talking like manga Harry Potter. I'm specifically with a harem. Yeah, but oh. speci- <laughs> shut up. I'm specifically talking about the manga because the manga still it it doesn't end with that happily ever after. Here are the re- here here's the girl that Negi that Negi ends up with at the end. It doesn't end like that. You still don't know who his wife is going to be at the end of the book. You don't. And at first, I'm like, who is he going to end up with? All these girls want him, but he hasn't picked one. And we know he's going to get married and have kids later on down the line, but you don't get that answer. And I'm okay with that. At first, I was like, that reminds huh, me of but. Tenshi Muyo? Tenshi, yeah, Tenshi, Tenshi Muyo, Muyo, yeah. Yeah. And the same series. and the same with um uh Inheritance with Aragon. The the book ends with him and Safira flying to the other side of Alagasia and to restart the Dragon Order, but that that's where it ends. I mean there was another book that just recently came out that does have Aragon in it, but we but I haven't I haven't read it yet. I haven't heard a lot of things about it. But once again, it's a big it's a four book series. The war is over, and how do we rebuild the dragon or the, sure. the dragon riders? And we still don't know. So well, it's a it's something that I'm actually okay with. I'm okay with letting my imagination flow. It's like you know what? Maybe Nick, <clears throat> maybe Nicky did end up with the, with girl X, Y, or Z, and then Aragon did rebuild the dragon riders, and he died with the order officially restored, or something kind of like Jay, or something went wrong. I kind of like thinking of. Having having my imagination well, well, flow ta- the thing well, or wait, flow and we're also creative people, so like we kind of like that. Again, some people they need all the answers, or it doesn't make sense right. to them. And it's not a bad thing; it's just how people are, ri- so, are wired. So, bringing it back to where this has been a lot of pre- uh, really prevalent prevalent in in our in our culture, especially with the two biggest franchises in the world, which is Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter. It's well, only got it's only gotten worse with uh, with the author staying involved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter's a, Harry Potter's got a different problem. Uh, than Endgame and Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, similar but different. Um, when it comes to when it comes to Endgame, like going going back to Endgame, there's a lot of people who claim that you know Endgame isn't. It's kind of the same. It's kind of a little bit the same with Game of Thrones, although I can't speak with any authority on that. Um, with with Endgame, it's like this isn't an ending to the characters I wanted. And therefore, it's a bad ending. Same with Last Jedi. Same with the Last Jedi. Yeah. This isn't what I wanted. Therefore, it's bad. Like, there's there's criticism that can be lobbied at, at these sort of things. But if but Game I, of Thrones, yes, Last Jedi, no. I I don't think it is. I don't think it is right for you to to dictate art. I don't think it's right for audiences to dictate art. Uh, I think is interpret, enjoy. Criticize, discuss, yeah. yeah, discuss. I completely Definitely. agree. I, point dictate, of art. No, I've seen 
um, arguments, like be it like meme, meme, meme fuel, or even on Twitter every once in a while, where people say, "Oh, the ending of this is not the ending I want." Henceforth, everything I loved up to this point is now bad. I hate that. And so, what it comes, what it comes from. Uh, with, with Marvel, what, someone said something really interesting to me, and I'm going to say this word, and I hate this word. Um, do someone asked, do people like these movies, or do they just stand characters? And I think that there is a large portion of the Marvel fandom that doesn't like any of the movies, but only like the characters in them. Somebody's been super involved with a lot of the comic stuff now. I just saw a tweet that's like, uh, "Have you seen all the Marvel movies?" She's like, "I refuse to watch any of the Iron Man movies," and I'm like, "I didn't, I didn't respond to it." But I was just like, "Why?" <laughs> she just doesn't like Iron Man as a character, which fine. But if you haven't watched any of the movies, how can you, how can you know that? Yeah, I didn't like, like Captain America as much as a character, and then after I read some of the books, I was like, "No, this is actually the, but see, the movies are great." But see, that's the thing. So to them. Now, to them, watching watching event. Now, to me, watching Avengers Endgame, it it fits in line with Captain America. That to me, at the end of that movie, I still watched Captain America do his Captain America thing. Uh, how I interpret the ter- interpret the ending, it is still Captain America. It is still well within the character that I've been following these past eleven years. That is my interpretation of the film. Now, to someone who does not like the films and only likes Steve Rogers as a character, I can totally understand why you de- why you decide. Nope, that's out of character. It's out of character to you. Yeah. But it's not... But I, re, I don't think it is actually out of character if you've been following the film. On the flip side of that, uh, again, on, on the, the crazy amount of things I've been reading on Twitter now because I'm enjoying this comic community, uh, someone was like, uh, a lot of people have problems with Endgame with like what happens with Steve and, and, and Tony. But you got to realize that these guys have been involved with these characters for like a decade. I think they have a better understanding of their version of the characters than you do. Yeah. And I think that's true. Whether you like it or and not, people, they know. There are people I've seen, I've seen argue back being like, I can't believe they've been with these de- characters for a decade and they don't understand the characters as much as the fans do. It's like, no, 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 no. Okay, listen, comics have been around for so long. There are dozens and dozens of interpretations. This is one arc that's lasted 10 years. And I'm like, for, I, we all agree. I think the characterization in the Marvel movies are incredible. Yes. Yeah. For the most part, all the characters have stayed the same or evolved how they should evolve with character development. Yes. Like Thor. Thor is a is a 100 percent different character from his first movie to Endgame. <coughs> and I think I and I, a lot of people have a problem with that Thor, but I I think that's a beautiful but that journey. Thor fits for the film. Yes. You see where that character has gone to, and it makes sense. I I want to know specifically what you're talking about with the Captain America thing. Uh, what do you mean specifically? So, because you're saying like people are seeing something and and saying this isn't true to the character, but if you've been watching the films, that it is true to the character. What are we talking about? Okay, so um, if you deify Captain America as a character, uh-huh. like if you're just like if you in your head Captain America has married Bucky and he's and he and he and he sleeps with Tony and he's. Uh, Truth, justice, and righteousness, and that's the character that's in your head because you love Steve Rogers and you love Chris Evans, but you don't watch the movies. You only watch the, f- you only read the fan art, you only read the fan fiction. You only well, I mean, I think they stuff. see the movies, but they just hyper focus on Steve, and they're like, oh, yeah. But that's a good, good, good point. Like, yeah, they watch the movies and they hyper focus on their fan fiction and their fan. There's nothing wrong with fan fiction. I just want, I don't. No, I'm yeah, I'm not saying there is. Uh, fan fiction is a great tool. Um, if they're focusing on the fan fiction version of Steve Rogers, and that's the version they like, that's the version they projected onto, that's the version they want to see in the movies, then I totally understand why yes. you'd be upset um, in the films. Uh, uh, Sparks, uh, our friend Scott, 
is a mm-hmm. big fan of Steve Rogers and Bucky, like as a ship, right? Yes. And if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't like that they didn't end up together or something. Is that is that something? Correct. Like that? It wasn't enough to like ruin the movie no, for yes. me. But but I mean like, it's. I don't be, think that's to be fair. fair to, look to yeah. be fair, because I don't want to throw him under. No, the bus. this is not me doing uh, that at no, all. No, no, no. But I, I want to be clear. Yeah. I don't know that he's sincere in that okay. and doesn't just kind of jokingly go off about okay, it because, totally fine. because he himself is a homosexual and yeah. would prefer that outcome. Yes. I don't know how much it sincerely bothers him that they didn't, how much he was actually reading something that wasn't present in the Because that is something that I, I, that I have seen online. It's like people don't like that. For Steve sure. And Bucky no, it's together. a thing out there. The, the movies have never given us any indication of that. And listen, I am all for dudes hooking up, being best bro buds. I'm cool with that. But you have to give me a reason. I... I'm a I'm a uh, Poe and Finn. Me too. Fan. Dude, the way they look 100%. at each other, are you kidding me? You, uh, you give ship, me a break. You ship Poe and Finn. But if I, I ship Poe and Finn hard. But okay, let me ask you this: If in the Rise of Skywalker they don't end up together, Star Wars is trash. What? Then. My <laughs> dreams? I don't like the Last Jedi anymore. <laughs> I don't like this whole franchise. Yeah. Now, if, if I now I don't necessarily, but if I did, if I were to ship Poe and Finn. And, but they still don't end up together. I'm like, that's I'm not in control of the story. Come yeah, on, Ben, that, get in, get on the dude. Pen there's wagon. one scene. Here's what. Here's my thing. <laughs> get on the pen wagon. Ben, let me tell no. you the scene. That's great. So <laughs> right. it's it's when everyone thinks Poe's dead, and then Poe and Finn reunite, and and Finn is wearing Poe's jacket, and and uh, Poe's like, it looks good on you, and he gives him a slap, and like he like licks his lips. He, it's like super like, yeah, dude, you look good in my jacket, and everyone was like. Oh shit! Is this something that could happen? Can I tell you, like, and it's subtle and it's just fun, and and they don't have to do anything, but it's fun. So yeah. real quick, because Ken Knapsack would back me up on this. One of the weirdest details I find about the Last Jedi is that there's a encyclopedia book about it. Poe is wearing a, a ring on a necklace. Do you know yes, about this? The I, ring I, on I the know. necklace. Yeah, he's wearing a ring on his necklace that, from his culture, is that he carries it around until he finds the person he wants to be with. And I'm like, why would you give that character something so specific? I know. Unless you are putting them with somebody in a movie. Jeez. Like, holy crap! I, I mean, like, I'm not saying that that means it has to be Poe and Finn. I just think that's a super strange detail. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good, good, good segue. I think to Star Wars. Okay, mm-hmm. so Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is often have been in the then the the center of the debate of authority. There's a movie, the uh, the people versus George Lucas. Yes, great so, movie. And it's kind of where it's, where it came from. Like who who owns Star Wars once it's out there? George Lucas or us? Um, so as people criticize the prequels primarily because well not primarily a lot of reasons, but the, a lot of the a, a lot of it came from this idea that uh, George Lucas has ruined Star Wars. Uh, has ruined my idea of Star Wars. That was kind of Lucas's intention. Uh, no, it was. He want he wanted to make the movies he made. Um, re- go on. Better for better or worse, he made the movies he wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, they're not good. I, as a prequelist, I acknowledge they are not good movies. Uh, but I really like the the intention behind the films, um, and I really like a lot of the stories that are in the films and the, what, what what it inspired. But uh, there was the argument that was always made of if he did this. And he ruined my idea of Star Wars. Does this, does his interpretation of Star Wars matter more than my interpretation of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I want to bring up real quick that I think George Lucas muddied the waters real bad on this by doctoring the original films post their release. I and sure. that is the worst thing that I think he, he did for the franchise. Um, worse than the prequels. Um, I think it was always a mistake. I understand, I, and I kind of, I kind of get, and could even allow 
throwing in like CGI background creatures on alien plants and things. But when you're specifically changing dialogue and how scenes play out or altering, uh, adding the no from episode three, yes, in, that's so altering bad. things so that, that Han, Han that is a ruining thing. Han and Greedo shooting at the same time. Yes, just yeah, Han that's a character side. ruining moment. Character ruining moment. So, so things like that. I hate it. Some people when they when they get things like the new Ghostbusters, they'll be like, "Oh, they're ruining my childhood." That is actually ruining someone's childhood. <laughs> yeah. You're taking it and you're saying what you watched as a kid and loved is wrong. This is what I really wanted it yeah. to be. Case, um, this case, was a mistake. No, case in point is like when you say they're new Ghostbusters. It's not ruining your childhood. The original's still there. Star Wars, I can never, I cannot get back unless I pay hundreds of dollars on a VHS thing to get the original ending of Return of the Jedi where it's not hating Christensen as you the first ghost. find it online, baby. I've seen it. Baby, no. baby, I got it on the shelf over there. there you can go. just watch it. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, but I ones? personally can't get it because sure. my copy of Star Wars is with Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker Force Ghost. Right. And I did the Hayden Christensen thing. So, but the, you, regardless, uh, regardless of the feelings about, regardless of the feelings about the intent behind it, yeah. that is such a force of an, of the author's uh, intention being so forced down the audience's throat. You don't get the choice. Yeah, sure. You have to accept that I'm changing what you knew. Uh, that's really bad. And, and kind of the only case where I think it's so profoundly enacted. Yeah. Not only in the extent that like this is the version now and this is what it is, I will not let the old one out. Yeah. I won't. I think that's... No more. The end. I think that's kind of selfish. It is. Uh, this is this is the what? worst. And, and I and I want to be clear. Like I think that what George did with the prequels, when he's like, that's I'm not against him. Like he had an intention of what he wanted Star Wars to be, and he was trying to show that with the prequels, regardless of whether I like it or not. Yeah, that's what he was doing. I don't mind the intention. I re- I minded the execution. Um, but mm-hmm. that that was fine. What I think George's biggest mistake was when he did it is that he was like, I wanted Star Wars to be this. He didn't take into account, or he did and didn't care. Uh, what Star Wars had actually meant and what he'd actually put out that resonated with people and didn't try to bring those aspects to the prequels. He just wanted to make the version that he wanted, which is okay, and I can accept it. What I what I really can't accept is going back and changing what already existed. So yeah. that was a that was just I, I see no version where that's good. That's yeah. just wrong. I agree. Um so yeah, um this is a this is a weird take, but just go with me here because it relates. Um, when you think of like Marvel Comics, right? When you think of Spider-Man, you don't think of Stanley's writing, right? He created the character, and then people made him better, right? Like, sure. Yeah. So for me, Len Wein created Wolverine. Chris Claremont made him better. Yeah, Len Wein created Swamp Thing, and then Alan Moore made him better. Exactly. Yeah. That happens every day. Uh, comics mm-hmm. are old. Uh, everyone like George directed the first Star Wars movie, but that movie was a disaster, and it was saved by editing. He's a great ideas man. George Lucas is not the reason I love Star Wars. It's Irvin Krishner and Lawrence Kasdan because they did Return of the Jedi and, and, and Empire and stuff. And John Williams. And John Williams, yeah. It's George Lucas is the idea man. Empire is the best, for me, it's the best Star Wars movie because there's the most emotions. There's the most, like, at stake. I know exactly what everyone's doing and why they're doing it. Well, if you follow if you follow a lot of the behind-the-scenes trouble for Return of the Jedi, he actually directed Return of the Jedi. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I mean, he wasn't he, the sole guy behind it, though. No, he, he wasn't. But the, the director had uh, the director. I think came out and spoke about this. But there's been a lot of t- talk, like uh, going back to like you know, I will, I will I will relate this to what we were talking about. Uh, George Lucas forced his intention on Return of the Jedi onto the director and made him f- film the version that he wanted Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi to be. Um, wh- so I think a lot of the I I. I, I 
Did you wor- did you watch the original movies before you saw the prequels? Yeah. Or, okay, just making sure. Okay. Did I? I think so. Pretty sure. Because your love for the prequels it's been a like, long time ago. Okay. It's, okay. It was a, I watched the prequels in theaters, and I don't remember when I when I first saw the original series, okay. trilogy. Um, uh, my 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 love for the prequels comes from the ideals presented in them, and that didn't come until a couple of years ago. Um, and my my love of the prequels was enhanced by the Clone Wars TV series, honestly. Yeah. Um, which George Lucas really didn't have a lot to do with. I mean, he had a lot more creative hand than than we think. Uh, did he write and direct it? No, he, he okay. him and Dave Filoni developed the series together. That's what I but I mean he's not his hands aren't fully involved. Not not fully involved, but yeah. that's the thing. Dave Filoni is George Lucas. Dave, Dave Filoni's a better George Lucas. Dave Filoni is, is a is a is a he, he Clone Clone Wars didn't exist without George Lucas. Yeah. Dave Filoni executed George Lucas's vision with the Clone Wars uh in a way that Dave Filoni because Dave Also thanks Genny Tartakovsky for that original series. Yeah, the original series is really good. Um what I'm trying to get at and this is going to sound Every time I try to phrase this, this is, it, it comes out wrong. But the last, Je- I think a lot of the hatred from the last Jedi comes from, a, from comes from a misunderstanding from George's intent with the prequels. Um, the pre- the prequels were meant to show you that were meant to show people that the Jedi weren't these kind of de- deific, deific uh, all powerful, th- good forces of the things. The the prequels were meant to show you the Jedi were wrong, and yep. that's where the last Jedi bounces into. For for me. Um, if you if you went straight from uh, Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens, I still think you can get a lot of because again, the Force Awakens is just is going back to the original what people love quote unquote loved about Star Wars. Um, besides some lines and stuff, like nothing from the prequels can't be summed up in a couple lines in the newer movies, if you know what I mean. Like I don't think The Last Jedi exists without the prequels. You could well we know who Palpatine is and how the Jedi fall. You could still say that like the Jedi fell and that would, and I know they fell because I read a lot of extended material stuff before the prequels came out. Mm-hmm. And there's also Metaclorians and I no matter what George is, is intent, like that's that's a ruining thing right there as well. I mean but it, regardless of that, like as far as the art the topic that we're doing today, which is, you know, our author intent and audience interpretation I give George on the prequels the same lenience that I give Ryan Johnson with Last Jedi, which is that it's not my job yeah. to say to force and you to bend to the story I want. Yes, um, sure. Regardless of how I might feel about it, like I don't particularly think that Episode Two is very good at all. It's not. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, but that doesn't mean I dislike Star Wars or yeah. I'm resistant to the direction that that movie went in. While I don't like Attack of the Clones. I really like a lot of the Clone Wars stories that are facilitated by that story existing. Absolutely. Um, that's that's just that's the case with uh, author intent, audience interpretation. You know, it's not my place. We are allowed to take our impressions from it. We're allowed to uh, learn our own lessons from it and, and get what we want out of it and see the things that we don't like and see the things that we do like. But it is not for us to say, oh... You you took it in the wrong direction. Now that being said, it's also not the author's place to say that our impressions or what we take out of it is invalid. Exactly. It's also not their place to do that, mm-hmm. and that's the yeah. problem with what Marcus and McFeely are doing right now with Avengers Endgame. It's a problem with what J.K. Rowling did with Harry Potter, and it's something that has become all the more problematic the further we get away from the Dumbledore is gay comment. Oh yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. J.K. So one of the things I think Cooper the Russos are doing are doing well to the best of their ability, uh, and. F- Faggy too, if you guys follow the the Q and A that he did with Empire, um, is that they're saying, you know, this is how we think the ending of Endgame played out. 
Whereas Marcus and Feeling are saying, no, this is this how. Is so I think, I think that film suffers, film and television probably suffer from this in a very specific way that the other mediums don't, even books to an extent, because J.K. Rowling shouldn't be, I, I stand by, like shouldn't be doing what she's doing with this, adding things outside of the text that change the way that you are, you, you have to look paratext, at those books right? and all this stuff. Yeah. Paratext. Um, paratext would be applying things like, uh, like about her herself as an author to it. Um, she's adding like extra juicy bits to, to inform on how you're supposed to do a read. And unfortunately now I can't go back and read Harry Potter again after the first time I've read it and not have at least somewhere in my brain, the idea that is Dumbledore gay. Even though it's nowhere, nowhere in, the in the books, books. and nowhere not, the first time I read it, did I think that? Not a single, not a single but now, part of the of the original books. Like when I was reading Sorcerer's Stone years ago, I didn't care. But now I have to think about it when I read it. And look, it's not a problem. I don't have a problem with Dumbledore being gay. The Neither problem I. that I have with it is that it's representation created outside of the text mm -hmm. just to say, well, look, there's that thing. This is what I always believed. And it's like, cool, why didn't you ever show that? Well, so one of the things that I just remembered is that this is one of the earliest earliest times where, where, uh, where audiences had uh, tried to dictate what the text was reading. So they, they had interpreted... A lot of the audience members had interpreted uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship being a, a uh, homosexual relationship. There's nothing wrong with that interpretation. What became wrong was when J.K. Rowling was like, yes, you're right. And then never did anything with it. No, until no. Fantastic because the thing is Not that... Even. Because the thing is that, uh, yes, that's the problem. She's the person who's writing the Fantastic Beast movies, yep. and she could have made this overtly a homosexual relationship and validated why she said this is true. She chose not to, yeah. and she got that uh, representation in with uh, Nagini. And this isn't rep that's oh, it's, it's not real representation. It's not because now when you go and it's read through so those books again, that snake that doesn't have a character now is a character. So anyway, uh, film and television. What I was saying, film and television, I think suffer from this in a very particular way because they they treat it as when when George Lucas even or the Russos or whoever does this. They treat it like they are the sole person who gets to have say over this film when realistically film and television is a collaborative effort. It's yeah. made by a whole lot of different people mm -hmm. who did a whole lot of different work from different levels along, whether it's the actors who are involved, the crew, the editor, all of these people who the, were involved. The and iron. you as the writers and the directors are not the people who have the one final say on how somebody interprets the art that you created with all those other people. Like the, one of the biggest moments in, in uh, Endgame is like the I Am Iron Man line and that wasn't in the original cut. Captain Marvel wouldn't have ended the same way yeah. if it wasn't for the editor. The editor yeah. is the person who said, you know what, she should really fly off into space with the scrolls, not by herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge change. You do not get to be the person who then like it would bother me. I'm glad that that's information that's out there. This didn't happen. What I'm about to say didn't happen. But it would bother me if the screenwriters or the director of Captain Marvel came out and said, hey, by the way, didn't you like when the scrolls went off into space? We thought that was a really great idea. We went for that and took credit for it or or tried to force some narrative of like, you know, this is why we felt this was needed, blah, blah, blah. You are not. You might be in the highest position because you're the person whose name gets the highest building of being responsible for the film. That doesn't give you the right to be the person who forces your perspective of what the film was unless it was actually part of the project you made. It's your opinion. It's your take. If you didn't put it in there, there's a reason it didn't go in there because probably somebody who else who you were collaborating with was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a content creator, it is still open. It is still your interpretation your in, your intent could be something, but if I write something, let's say I write something, and uh, and my intention was something else, 
But you know what? That's still my opinion. I intended it to be that, sure. But if it's not read that way, well, maybe so what? So what? Yeah. And that's that a, it's a thing. We live in the internet culture where people get mad that if you don't agree with them. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, that whole thing kind of reminds me of the famous joke of English teachers talking about how the blue, the blue curtains represent something, but the author's like, no, I just like blue curtains. Yeah. Yeah. It's reading into things. It's it's cats. Yeah. People try to read into cats. Yeah. It's just about they're, cats, guys. They're reading into <laughs> things that aren't really, that the author never intended. Like, uh, when I was reading Harry Potter the first time, I didn't care what wizards were doing back in the day. Then all of a sudden, J.K. Rowling... But now you know. Yeah. Now you know. They now shit I know. on the floor. Now baby. I know. It's like... Why I, is that information we needed? But so, it, the thing is... It's she was stuff, really high. <laughs> I feel like it's stuff that I just don't care about. Like, I... Like going like what Sparks was saying, like Dumbledore being gay. Now I when I read the Harry Potter books, I will always have that fact in my mind. Again, even though the books give you no indication of that. No, they don't. <laughs> Absolutely, right. Or or the fact that wizards used to shit on the floor like dogs. It just made a spell. I mean, I would if I could. And it's a it's a problem. It's a problem it if you're doing that because you are now informing something where it's honestly her doing the Dumbledore's gay thing is no different than George Lucas shoving Hayden Christensen's face into Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same thing of like forcing this opinion and perspective that didn't exist before. You have now changed the art. The art existed, and the moment the art exists, this is all where the concept of death of the author comes from. Once the art exists, you're done. Yeah, It's now to be interpreted. And this is the, the final stamp on the argument. You don't own it anymore. Yeah. That's it. It's over. You put it out there. If you wanted to keep it to yourself, you should have kept That's it to yourself. That's the entire thing it. of uh, the people versus George Lucas. Yeah. Because like, like the, the re-releases came out, the Blu-rays came out. And it's like, you keep changing these movies that people grew up with, and they're not the same anymore, man. Right. Like, the, you don't the, own this anymore. The art is meant to stand on its own, and it should. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be connected to the author. It shouldn't be tied to them, unless it is, in a sense, meant to be a paratextual man, piece, he, in which case it is designed, like the John Green book, Fault in Our Stars, yeah. to make you think about the author a bit. But even as John Green said, he thinks that if you only think about him when you're reading that book and you think about how it relates to him, then he's failed to create that story. I did not know... Uh, this is all referencing Lindsay Ellis's thing, by the way, for the audience. Yes. I did not know that John Green was directly referencing real-life experiences when I read Fault in Our Stars. I just read Fault in Our Stars. Yep. I hadn't read a John Green book yet. Having now read the other one, which he was talking about when he was basing that Van Houten character off of, which is Looking for Alaska, that book, holy crap, ends in such a crazy, ambiguous way, and I love it. I really That's love awesome. that book, and I really love that he'll never answer questions about it. I have a similar feeling about Paper Towns, though less to a lesser degree. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's insane when uh, other authors feel like they have to come and put a stamp on exactly how the art is meant to be seen. Yeah. Like with the end of Inheritance, I would love to find out if Aragon got the, the Dragon Riders back up and running again. I would love to know that. but In your hearts they did, Ben. Yeah, but, but at the same time, it's like, then if if um, if Christopher Pliny came out and said, oh no, he was assassinated on the road, the Dragon Riders fell and Natsuwada died and everything. If he were to come out and say something completely different than what I wanted, I don't know how I feel about that. You but don't have to like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't have to like what the author said, but if they said something after the fact that the art came out and it's like, hey, this is like the definitive editing, then it's like, well, shit. It's not in the book. No, it's, it's not. not <laughs> it's not my... It's the, I don't own this. I just love it. And yeah. I interpret it as a way. So... I don't know how I would feel this, uh, if you would come this, out and say, "Hey, Aragon didn't be he Aragon became the next tyrant or something like that." But this comes from a fact from from something that that you know with the Russo brothers with Marvel specifically is a is a big problem. Marvel has a major problem with this, a kind of deification of creators, directors, writers. Like we have put these creators on such a high pedestal 
because they make good stuff. Like, look, mm-hmm. we like most of these Marvel movies. I get it. Here's the thing. Uh, but we put we put these creators on such a high pedestal that it has to be their their intention has to be how it is read. So here's the thing about the only Marvel movie that really has like ambiguity is Endgame because like Black Panther tells a story. It has a finite ending. Oh, we, did did uh, uh what's the bad guy's name? Uh, Killmonger. Killmonger. Did Killmonger not die? No, he died. Right? Like he died. So yeah. that like did he? Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's but <laughs> if Ryan Coogler had come out and said, "No, I didn't intend him to die at that mo- at that moment," he's su- he's su- I he's won't still believe breathing. you. I saw the movie but, you made. But there's going to be a large portion of of the fan base that will take his word as gospel. Yes, because he is their. I mean, for lack of a better word, he is their god. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's wrong. That I feel like I feel like that's where this problem has come from. Is that we have put these cre- content creators on such a high pedestal. And I don't think that's right. Well, because Dude, we're, we're about to do a show all about an uh, a person. I, I don't. I don't think it's. I just, oh, hold on. We're gonna. We're literally making a cult about somebody. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. think it's wrong for us to. I don't think we deify them, but I don't think it's wrong for us to raise up creators we admire. Yes. Don't no, think that's wrong. I don't think that's no, wrong. no, no. It's their responsibility how they interact with a fan base. Yeah. It's not ours. It's not the fans' responsibility to. Uh, pull back on when what they take seriously from what they say. You, I don't blame any Harry Potter fan for taking everything J.K. Rowling says as gospel. I don't blame them for that. She, You're allowed. She created it. She created yeah. it. You're allowed to feel that way about it. Yeah. It is her responsibility as a creator to not force these extra opinions further or uh, new takes or or expand. It's, it's George Lucas's responsibility to not alter his films. It's uh, the Russo's responsibility to just let the film stand on its own and not feel like they have to shove out everything. And if they do, it is okay to say, I think, and give an opinion. It is an entirely different thing to say, this is fact. That's a... Yeah, I'll, yeah, that's a w- much better way of putting it. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, it is not. It is not on fans. It is not the. It, the problem isn't that fans have put them on too high a pedestal or anything like that. It is perfectly fine for us to admire creators. We're all loving Jonathan Hickman like crazy right now. We're all loving uh, Donny for Cates. for like X Men. Donny like Cates Ryan's also. We're, we're loving those creators. It is great to praise them. It is great to like talk about everything that they say and all that. They have a responsibility to engage with the fans in a way where they are encouraging. Uh, the opinion of of their work, the interpretation of it, but not informing it, and uh, I think that those two do that easily. Yeah, um, Jordan Peele is one who yeah. does it. Uh, Anne Rice is someone who doesn't, who says you can't have fan fiction. Yeah, uh, you can't have fan engagement with my property. It is my property and mine alone. Well, then she shouldn't have shared it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just she shouldn't. Have. Yeah. So there it's you almost go. like public. It's it, like it's in the public. Once this is a problem. It is a problem, but it's not a problem we can do anything about. This is a problem where in the age of social media, they have to realize that, yes, it's great to engage with fans. It's a great thing. You should be more responsible like John Green is. You should be more responsible like Jordan Peele is. You should recognize that it is your uh, your position to be able to engage with your fans and have discussions with them about the works you've created that's totally okay what you shouldn't be doing is telling them that it has to be one way or another you should not be informing an interpretation if you hear something from them you are allowed to listen to their interpretation and you are allowed to say wow I, i'm really glad you got that out of it or wow I, how did you get there all these kind of things you can give opinions on it but you should not be stating new facts that alter their 
uh, interpretation of the text that you have created. Yeah. yeah. I know what I said was completely the opposite of that, but that's actually what I meant to say. <laughs> so here's, I actually haven't, uh, this is an awesome I, uh, topic. Uh, it's the reverse of all this. It's director's cuts. It's when movies get mm. put out and are bad, and the director's like, that's not what I wanted to put out. Here's the director's cut, and almost every single time it's always better. Blade Runner, the original movie is bad. It has a bad narrative by Harrison Ford that ruins the movie, and then he made the director's cut, and then the final cut, and the final cut is the best version of that that will ever but be. In, but in that case, what's interesting is that the 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 cut, the theatrical cut, uh, the studio made that cut is not ambiguous. No, and the, that's what's bad about it. But the 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 final cut mm. is. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the direct the director's intent was to make an ambiguous film. Can, yeah. can, can I tell you what's okay about that and why no, that's, that's all? That's so yeah. so what's okay and great about director's cuts is. Almost in no instance does a director cut overpower the original. Yeah. They are now two separate pieces of art. They can be consumed in their own ways. Yeah. The problem with George Lucas and what he did with the original trilogy is he took away the originals and said, no, That's only this, problem. and you can't make if more those were still around. Quite literally edited the negatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If yes. you, he, how, much, how much more money would he have if you have, hey, here's the original ones, and here's the newer updated ones if you want those? I, we, we would not be having he this conversation. That, he did that once. And then, yeah. that once and, and then, then it never happened again. Yeah, and that's and the point is that you should do that because they are now two separate works of art. It's no longer the same art. It's like if you had a painting and then the the painter came along and said, "Hold on, uh, like 20 years later, I meant I for this spot. pink spot to be here." I painted over a piece of the original art. And it looks better. That's not okay. Yeah. Recreate the painting and add that in. Sure, now it's two separate paintings. It's different. What was that? I was watching a movie where they're talking about a, a, a work of art, and there was a giant blotch of, there was a giant blotch of something, and there was a tiny little pink dot on it, and there, and so everyone's like, uh, "Wow, it's so it means this, it means that. What does this pink dot mean? It means we're all alone in the blah blah blah." Like they're making all this thing, and the artist is like, "No, I just actually like got some pink paint on it." And that's what's all. That's sure. what's beautiful <laughs> about art. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like every time I see the, like, these art shows or like for something I'm just like scrolling through TV, it's like, oh, like we're an artist. Just like um, there's this great piece. On, do you guys remember, know the show Adam Ruins Everything? Yes. Yes. Like there's a true TV. Like it's Adam Ruins Fine Art. And the artist and this, this art student, she just sneezes and paint splatters on a canvas and her teacher thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. They, the very end, they go to an art gallery and she draws something and she draws like a caricature of Adam. Her art teacher is pissed, but the guy who buys it is like, hey, I know people at Marvel. I'm going to try and get you a job. This, cool. this art piece reminds me of Jack Kirby. Okay, that's cool. It's like a, something that a, an artist where she sneezed and then her teacher shows up like, this is an amazing piece of art. How did you do this? I'm like, she freaking sneezed. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a, a story of a teach uh, my old teacher had where he was in an art class. He made sculpture space shuttle. It got completely criticized. He got failing grade. He made another sculpture where he used the thing to play with his dog and gave this BS explanation of how it was like, oh, this is like us tormenting ourselves. He gets an A on the project. Hmm. I used to bullshit my projects all the time. Uh, real quick, going just back to David Lynch, all his movies are weird and ambiguous, and that's why I, he's one of my favorite uh, filmmakers, television, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he never talks about his work. Sure. He puts it out, and then he shuts up. Yeah. And everyone asks him questions, and he's like, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. And I love him for it because it creates a conversation instead of like, hey, remember that thing in episode eight? Here's exactly what it means. I'm like, like see, I didn't need to know that, David. It's like stuff like that where it's like the author's like, hey, I'm going to put out this thing. You could take it one way or another. I'm not gonna answer it. Like Harry Potter, she, um, J.K. Rowling, she puts out this amazing world. I don't know everything about the Wizarding World, and honestly, I don't need to know everything about the Wizarding World. But here she is, giving stuff that I don't care about. And now, when I go back to read the books, I'm like, well, 
shit. Hey, okay. man, those books are still, so, they're still good. Yeah. Like, uh, go, kind of going back to the beginning of this with the end game stuff. My biggest problem with Marcus and McFeely making this claim, besides the fact that I don't like the idea of it, is that they're trying to push this narrative that it's always been this way and they've always known it was this way. And that's no different than the Dumbledore's gay argument. There's yeah. never been anything in no the previous one. films to give this implication that this is no. where the story was going, that this is what they were doing, that mm -hmm. this is what they wanted. Did you see how they said there's an old man in Civil War who's supposed to be Steve Rogers? Did they? So, so they, no, they what did not is, say that. No, yes, they did. What it is is that the <sighs> fan theory about old Steve yeah. being at the funeral the went around and they're like, bad. you're right. And it's like, I hate you. Oh my God, that's so bad. Like yeah. my interpret my interpretation of Endgame, Steve got a happy ending. That's exactly he got that's happy ending. All I could, that's Who cares all, about the rest, that is right? Just like we see because the, even the roosters were just like, yeah. Then the question is, how did it get to the pre to the present? Who cares? Time stone. Like even they were Stop like, talking. doesn't matter. Magic yeah. Effrey. He did. I don't care. I that was what was given to me. That's what happened. Author or not, my interpretation is he finally got the life he always wanted. And then he came <laughs> did back. You see, did That's you all see I the, care about. I know, I know Sparks did it because he responded to the tweet, but did you guys see the tweet? I said, at this point, I just want an Agent Carter TV series renewal so that they could shut up about the ending of Endgame. <laughs> but then you're like, no, Marcus and Feely would be in it. <laughs> yeah. did, you hear that, did you hear that rumor that they're trying to get Haley Atwell to come on S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, boy. Because like, the, thing, the, the thing that I'm worried about with the with if they do an Agent Carter season three, which is not even a rumor, it's not a thing, it's just kind of a just hope. Just get that what me, if thing. Um, is, the, is the idea that you know, they would continue the relationship between her and Daniel Souza, and they will see. And that, hey, that's all I fucking need. Yeah. Did you guys already say the F bomb? We did twice. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. That mine was very low though, so it's okay. Um. So yeah, that's all. That's all we need. So yeah. I, and like, I never ever need an answer to the to, to the ending of Endgame ever. I don't want it. I don't want it. Because I do. I. <laughs> the movie gave me my answer. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. The the, mo the film itself gave me, it gave me an ending. It's like. Here, here's an, an ending for these game. characters. Here's a possible beginning, like Thor: Love and Thunder. We're gonna, Thor is still gonna stick around. There's still stuff that's gonna happen, and that's great. I like that you pulled Thor: Love and Thunder, not anything of the other ones. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, but like Thor's on the on the ship of the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's still more stories of Thor to be what told. What does that mean, Ben? What does it mean that Thor's on the on the Guardians of the Galaxy ship? Hell if I know. I but I'm here. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be able. It's yeah. just, there's always there's always going to be these articles, yeah. and I get it. Like you know, there's it's the clickbait head headline era that we're yeah. in right now, and we've been in it yeah. for a long time. And but like the idea that every answer is going to be an article, yeah. everything is going to be an article, and, and that's ridiculous. Uh, or every question, yeah. every and, question, and it it that's again, it's on the creator's responsibility to not give into this kind of headline creating bullshit, yeah. Yeah. And just to keep in the conversation. So it, oh. it is it is the creator's job to do that, and it is the audience's job to not dictate art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, I think this is what I think of the movie. That doesn't mean it's right. I like yeah. it. Yeah. If you like something or not, dictate. Yeah. Criticize. Yeah. Uh, not, not dictate. Sorry. I want to criticize real quickly. Review, uh, don't dictate. Try. Uh, this is not be be positive on the issue, but there, I think a lot of the reasons that that we have like like Marvel stands or people who still feel so strongly about Last Jedi is because they're passionate. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, like at the end of the day, like you know, we can all argue about this, but like it, it's. I don't think it's ever added like vitriol. Most of the time, it's out of like, I love this character so much, I cannot believe that this is the way it went. Example, Even though that's not exactly always right. The example that I use, most of it does come from vitriol. Yeah. But the, okay, exa okay. But the example, uh, the example I use of like, you know, if you're, if you, if you have projected on the the fan fiction version of Steve Rogers and you hate Endgame, that comes from a vitriolic place. Um, okay. It does. It it comes from both. You know, you you love that version of Steve Rogers, and you're and you're, and you're very upset that it's not there. I don't totally get that. However, if you don't like the movie Endgame. 
if it disagree if you disagree with the with the story with the story direction that it went in and you're and you're disappointed in it because you love the movies because you love the characters that's something else yes that is that is what you're saying. It, that doesn't come from a place of If faith. you feel that Endgame was like a Game of Thrones ending where the, it didn't satisfy all the character uh, journeys, that's fair. Yeah. I think Endgame was incredible and served every character, but that's just yeah. me. Yeah. And so like the same thing with The Last Jedi. If you love Star Wars and The Last Jedi didn't give you what you want from Star Wars, yeah. that's perfectly valid. Even like, dude, the first time valid. I saw The Last Jedi, I didn't like it. Now like I love a, it. Like I've already pretty much said that I don't I in upon further reflection I don't think it did justice to Black Widow and I'll stand by that probably for yeah. the rest of my days with Endgame it doesn't mean I hate the movie it doesn't mean I hate the Marvel films but it doesn't mean I'm demanding answers for why did this happen yeah contracts I understand and so that so that's the Black Widow coming out 2020 so there is there is the difference mm-hmm. there is the difference that there that there is a play there's criticism from love and there's criticism from hate mm-hmm. and I think I think uh what you were saying is from is there is a place for love. Yeah, um, I, I've to, to to jump on this. I because I also have seen people criticize because they didn't get the ending they liked. I mean, obviously, Game of Thrones is a big thing. You people, can't satisfy everyone. Yeah, you you can't. You honest to God can't. Most but, people will just be like, "Okay, I'm not ending it. I'm going on yeah. forever." Yeah, see, it's it's hard as hell to try to end a a 22 movie series. Yeah. How hard is that, man? Yeah, real hard. It's it's, ex- it's extremely hard, but. Um. Oh God, I had a point. You yeah, had it, baby. Um. The like Brandon, where you said where people are mad because it comes from a place of vitriol. I also see it all come from a place of vitriol as well. But also I see it because people love these things so much and they just don't like it. It's not. It's not black and white. And obviously, it's not black and white. There's obviously some gray tossed in here and there. Um. Oh God, darn it! I I had a thing. I was gonna go for it. And I completely lost it. Son of a gun. I think you made a good point. Yeah, but it's one. Th- I think when people. Oh, I, I just remember it. When people take things too far. It's because they personally didn't get the ending they wanted. When they attack creators. And they, they attack creators for like, how dare you give this thing. They're, it was supposed to be like this. Like earlier you said that something about. That goes back to them dictating art. Yeah. And also goes back to the thing you said earlier, Brandon, about, oh, I'm a fan. I know this character better than anyone else does. It's like, I'm pretty sure Chris Evans knows the character better than anyone else does. He's playing the damn character. The, he knows the movie version better than anyone because it's him. Yeah. And he's been involved the yeah. entire time. And also it goes to. It goes to a thing that um, when people say, there's this phrase that I have grown to really, really hate. It's when people say, oh, it's true to the character. Because when we go to things like pop culture and comics, we have things in comics called multiverse. One person, I mean, yes, the core. Every Hulk comic is different. (laughs) Exactly. Every Hulk comic is different. Every Superman comic is different. Every Spider-Man is different. So when people say, oh, that's not true to the character, it's like, which one are you talking about? It goes back to our adaptation discussion a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're you're adapting something, as long as you say it's true to the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I was gonna say like sometimes that argument because like I've definitely said that about some things because I've definitely yeah. said that about Spider-Man: Far From Home yep. where I think there are some things that aren't true to the character, and mm-hmm. I'm very specifically talking about things that are generalization values of the yep. character, not things that are like locked into a run. Right. Um, so that's kind of a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. That that phrase. Uh, I think we're about wrapping <clears throat> up. Do you guys think? Uh, I, I just like I'm, I'm thinking more about director's cuts and all the director's cuts that I think of they're all better than the original movie. Daredevil. Yeah, I mean like I, I, I don't think Ridley Scott's ki- uh, a Kingdom of Heaven, which is like an hour longer, and that's an awesome uh, Crusades movie. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with director's cuts. No, I think my thing is director's cuts are good. That's just the point. No, where yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, no yeah. I didn't. I wasn't trying to say yeah, yeah. that you were. I, I was saying that I, I think that that's a great thing. I think that is a great example of like you know if if a director does feel that way, then then that's a great way to express that because you're creating a separate. They're piece. unhappy with yeah. with their vision. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, you're, yeah. you're creating a separate piece of art. I'm trying to think. There's a there's a franchise that isn't Star Wars. There's something else where like there there's a preferred version of the films uh, for watching that um, that I have. Lord of the Rings. Jesus. Oh, Lord oh, of the yeah. Rings uh, has the longer version. Extended cuts. Uh, extended yeah, the extended cuts, yeah. cuts, and those are essentially separate pieces of art. Um, and it might not be as controversial to distinguish between the two as say Star Wars or what we were just talking about with Blade Runner, but um, it, it's it's definitely like interpreting two different pieces of art. And it's not just, again, it's not just like, you know, Peter Jackson, who's, that's whose different stamp is on that. It's everybody's different stamp because it's a collaborative medium. Yeah. And, and respecting that and understanding that like, you know, you are analyzing two different pieces of art and also understanding that it's your responsibility to treat those as sep- two separate pieces of art if you're a person who was involved in the creation of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, e- part of this is like, you know, e- our, uh, there were two ends of this discussion, which is really, you know, what is our third intent and where's the line on that? What is audience interpretation and where's the line on that? Audience interpretation can be everything. Like you, you can love all pieces of art. You can react to all pieces of art in whatever way you want just don't enforce your interpretation on the creator just as they shouldn't enforce it on you right hence petitions are stupid hell yeah uh, they, they are, are so very so dumb so those shouldn't be happening but also authors I'm glad we got to throw that in there but also <laughs> in the age of social media authors really need to be more careful creators yeah. need to be more careful about when they are responding to fans yeah. uh the russos i really like the russos i don't hold them in the same banister that i hold marcus and mefili right now but they also need to just stop trying to inform on uh audience interpretation of their work they yeah. need to just leave it alone yeah and brand and brand this could be my fi- final thoughts um, the whole thing of authorial intent fan intent interpretation everything is a slippery slope on both sides we have seen fans get out of control we've seen creators get out of control there's although we've never seen a creator start a petition to change something exactly but still we have seen just released a director's cut yeah oh sorry finish your thought real quick but we have i've all four of us have seen things like we've seen fans petition and then we've seen authors get to throw us trivia jk a random stuff that we never needed so it's always a slippery slope on both sides. And we've even seen them go and rice go to the very extreme. So this whole thing I, I feel that we there's no right way to put this, but there are, are authors and fans who do this right. And there are authors and fans who do this completely wrong. Absolutely. I can't believe that this whole discussion we didn't get to the prime example of both ends of that spectrum, which is Zack Snyder and the Snyder Cut. That oh. was Jesus. that was gonna be my final thought. Yeah. That was my final thought. Jesus. I was gonna save it. Yeah. Na- I lost my headphones because of that. Damn Zack Snyder Holy is the you just dropped the bomb in here. Zack Snyder Good is Lord. the worst on this. He is not holding any he responsibility for this because wrong. he puts out it's worse than that he doesn't talk about it he shoves out these little photos and things to just tease up uh the fans his that he knows he has who are fans of hardcore fans of his vision and he's like cool i've got this boop here you go here's a picture in another month i'll release dopamine. another here's a yes and he keeps them jacked up on this so there's a keep video of him rampaging saying, for the snyder there's a video of him saying it exists it just needs to be put up by warner brothers you're awful you're awful, Zach. Why and the reality is, uh, and I like Kevin Smith, but I'm so ups- disappointed that he endorsed this. But I un- I also understand what he was trying to say, which is that he's like, the Snyder Cut exists in the sense that it is an unfinished film, which he feels like most people could appreciate at this point and that they should just release it 
and just have Zack Snyder doing narration over like the pieces and saying this was the intent of this scene. Yeah. Uh, this these unfinished like effects and everything cut, and yeah. like that. That was Kevin Smith's argument. And I'm like, cool. Uh, I understand that. Like, if you wanted to put that out, whatever. I just don't think that the audience has ever been hungry enough for that. I know that there are the people who are rampaging. Those for seven the people cut, who showed up. But at can Warner I tell Brothers. you what? Yeah. Justice League wasn't that good of a movie. We shouldn't still be discussing it like this. Like, it wasn't even going to be that good regardless of Zack Snyder's version. I'm telling you, the reason that it bombed wasn't because Joss Whedon got to put his own cut on it. Yeah. It was because it was a bad movie because people didn't want to go see it because Batman v Superman wasn't the movie they wanted. Yes. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. The audience inter- interpretation of Batman v Superman was mm, not for me. That was overall how people felt. That's why Justice League didn't get turnout. It wasn't because Zack Snyder was involved. Because guess what? When you were marketing it, most people who are Casey Casuals didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. So this argument that like, oh, if Zack Snyder's version had been released, it would be different. That's not true. Like, yeah. stop trying. Stop living in this bubble world where you think that's the and case. And it will cost Warner Brothers millions of dollars oh, yeah. to get a final cut of Zack Snyder's movie. Well, and that's why Kevin Smith was saying, just do this rough thing. Yeah. And and I'm like, cool, I guess if you want, I don't think it's justified. No. I don't. Um, and I don't think th- I don't think that the audience should be rewarded for this demand for it. I don't think the fans who have gone so rabid about it should be rewarded because they've been the biggest pains <gasps> oh my in God. the butts. This is, I, this, we talked about this, uh, I think during the, ad- the adaptation thing, but again, Mass Effect 3, nobody liked the ending for the game, so they, they made a petition, yep. and then they and actually they changed. changed the uh-huh. ending. I remember yeah. this, It's the yeah. one time that I can think of where it actually happened, right. and it didn't fix that ending. No. It didn't. Right. It just made it worse. Yeah, <laughs> and... Um, and Lindsay Ellis, going back on her, because when we were watching her Game of Thrones video, mm-hmm. the ending of The Sopranos, Everyone was like, "What the shit about oh, the sure. Sopran- Sopranos?" But even the the guy, the directors and the cr- and the actors the are like, yeah. they're like, "I'm still gonna end it the same way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do it, it again. Hundred percent. Interpret what you feel. This is how I end it. If you don't like it, I I'm sorry. But so much. Uh, but Zack Snyder is the prime example right now to me of of someone who needs to take more responsibility because I mean, frankly, he's not going to. He loves being irresponsible about this. He loves feeding his fan base so that they they keep this up this discussion about him and what he was making because. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do, and it it's awful. This is the, it's the worst kind of relationship because he's feeding this antagonistic, hate-filled demand, and I don't think either him or the base should be rewarded for demanding this uh, Snyder cut for so long and and being so just uh, vitriolic. Yeah, yeah, and territorial about it. Just yeah. awful. Um, and I don't think they should be rewarded for it because it's that's not a good idea to set. Maybe if we were like only a few months away from Justice League, but it's been years. Like let's let's move on. Can we just let wow. die, please? It's been years. All right. Uh, wow. That just slammed into my brain that I was like, wow, how have we not <laughs> talked about that? I was saving it just to be like, hey, remember when Zack Snyder used to do all those Vero things? Fair enough. But uh, you went way more he's into it. Still so, yeah. doing it. No, I know. Nobody uses Vero anymore either. So. What's what the hell, dog? It's really troublesome. All right, shall we? I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys want to end on a positive note? Does anybody know about the whole uh, uh, your number neighbor thing on your phone? You've heard about this. I have heard about this. Okay. Hey, have you co- heard about the coolest number neighbor? Is it the Chris Evans ones? Because it's fake. Oh, he, is it? He yeah, posted on Twitter that sorry, this that, is fake. that was fake. Oh, bummer. Yo, man, you should have went to his own page. He's never mind. He, I, he, I saw, he po- denied it himself. It. No, I saw. I saw that because yeah. it because it's he straight. I saw that on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, this is fake." Guys, yeah. don't text stra- random strangers. I'm just glad I haven't. Gone. I wasn't gonna do it, but I a lot of those tweet threads were real funny. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, and if my number neighbors do, then okay, but. Yep, I haven't gotten that yet. So well, I don't think it would happen at this exact very second. No, I'm just double checking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just right. double checking. What a coincidence. Shall we, Shall shall we, we move on to our, our book club? 
Oh, yes. shit, we have one? I guess so. I think so. Do we all read it? Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, Anything readable? All right, then time now for our book club. Sparky Sparks. Take it away. Hey, guys. Uh, so we're talking about Maneaters, Volume 1. Yeah, we uh, are. Written by, written and created by Chelsea Kane with uh, a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of extra work on this uh, trade volume. I like uh, the last one. Their swagger. Swagger, Kane Lane. Yeah, uh, Ministry of Trouble Incorporated is uh, the moniker for all of them. It's uh, Pencils and Inks by Kate uh, Niemczyk. I, I'm going to do my best. Colorist, uh, Rachel Rosenberg. Letterer, Joe Caramagna. Covers and creative producer, Leah Mitterink. Uh Additional interior art by Leah Minerink. Uh, Stella Greenvoss and Kyle Scanlon. Um, additional writing, numbers three and four. Eliza Fantastic Moan. Uh, and Haikus, number one and number two in volume one, Emily Powell. Where are all the men? Ugh. God. Yeah. Who put out this book? Image, uh, right? Image. Yeah, this is an image book. No, but there's an imprint specifically with image. Uh, that is this... Um, oh. Oh, it's the bomb. That's the Ministry of Trouble thing. Oh, I was it? just looking at. Yeah. Just like their moniker. Like a uh, uh, man of action. I thought it was like a bl- like black mask or no, something. No, no, no. Nah. Yeah, see? It's right here. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so uh, I wanted to pick this. This has uh, actually been sitting on my shelf for a little while because I picked it up um, two and a half months ago. I helped suggest uh, it. Yes, uh, I had been wanting to read this ever since I read Chelsea Kane's Mockingbird Run, which I was a big fan of. Um, and That's the one that everyone Ask me about, about my right? feminist agenda. Yep, uh, and I was a big fan of it. So uh, I really hope you guys are interested in listening to four white guys talk about feminism. No, because um, <laughs> that's about... <laughs> let, me, uh, let me tell you how refreshing this book is. Yeah. There is so much talk about periods and menstruation and women things that I read I read so many comics and I've never once had a comic like this yeah because this is an entire female creative team uh and this is something that made that it kind of blew something up in my brain honestly how I'm like I looked at all my comics that I read and how many are written by women yeah and this is not me trying to get you guys what comics right now are you guys reading that are written by women for real unfortunately not yeah single exactly one. No, hold I'd on. I have to look. Okay, I'm. I, I'm gonna I, look up the one that I'm. Okay, pretty so sure. Marvel. Could, Marvel right now has a lot. So it's mostly because it's like it's Thanos and it's it's a Teeny Howard and Kelly Thompson and Kelly Sudeikonik and Gail Simone. They're all doing a lot of great stuff. My point is, I don't read enough comics written by women because I like this book a lot and it's given me so many perspectives and so many things that I've never thought about, and I really like it. It's also about werewolf cats. It's really funny. Just wear cats. We're, I, I, I know. I thought we're, we're, we're cats. Uh, I liked this book a whole lot. I thought it was really funny. It gave me a lot of um, Matt Fraction vibes. Uh, Matt Fraction, re- he did Hawkeye and, uh, and a bunch of other great stuff, Iron Man. Uh, I liked this book a whole lot. That's all I got to say. This book threw me off on issue four. Oh, you mean the, not the issue? Yeah, not the issue. That yeah. it threw the me magazine. Off. That's, yeah, that's 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 a whole different thing. But as I was reading this, I'm like, what? My my whole thought process was like, damn. Just, just that. As I'm reading this book, and my, and I'm just like, but why then? Damn. But why? Because it's you're right. It's a lot of stuff that we don't really talk about. It's yeah. kind of. It's like, damn. This as book, four, four white dudes as four, never as four read this. white as four straight cisgendered white men. Well, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm like, oh man, this. I, I, as I read this, I'm like, man, this book needs to be out today. This book is like kind of, holy shit. This book got a lot of attention. Uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this. I really like the way Chelsea Kane writes um, people. And uh, honestly, I really like the way she writes feminism. Yeah, to be honest, I uh, this this comic is all about it. 
Uh, I, it, I, it really there, is. There are so many like jokes and, and like and like fake fake uh, uh, ads that yeah. are like targeting like oh made for boys. And, oh my like, god! All that all shit. Of the, and I love all of the it. Estro Estro uh, Estro Pop Estro Blah oh uh, name. I love all that shit throughout dude. this. Call. All I, that I'm like oh boy, effing serious. Uh, I thought of a good analogy that I wanted to use to describe this book, which is that um, if I can remember all of it, and I'm going to try. Uh, this is this seems very much like an exaggerated take, obviously, on what like exaggerated to us and certainly taken to a level that it doesn't exist at, but not very far from what I imagine uh, a lot of women in the world would experience as like, you know, actually it's a lot closer to true than you think. Uh, the way that just the way that not, not like, you know, the government mandated, like you have to drink here, that kind of thing, obviously, but like things like uh, the way that men talk around the women in this comic yes. and all that. Um, like it's, it's, it's given this horrendous and horrific justification by the nature of what they have to do uh, to prevent these wear cat attacks and what they have to do in quotations um, in order to make women drink out of the tap water supply, like great and uh, like great keep them from and, and keep them from uh, experiencing menstruation, and it uh, just justifies like all the worst propaganda of toxic masculinity. And uh, how many more buzzwords can I hit? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's really great. I really, I really enjoyed it. I was sitting here reading it with my girlfriend and her sister in the room uh, the other night and uh, I was just like man a whole comic page of this is just instructions about how to put it in a tampon yes yeah. and then I read yeah, that and, I read the and then I was like thing. wait is it like this? Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I actually learned about things that I did not know before. Cause yeah. I'm not going to go up to my friend. Yo, tell me about your tampons. Yeah. Like this is, I, this is a weirdly informational book for men. Re like really. Yeah. And I, that's why I liked it so much. Cause it's like, again, it's a breath of fresh air. I've read nothing but m manly men comics this last week. That's all about like power and all this stuff. And like this book is like, it's so, it's so female and that's not a bad thing. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's so fresh. Yeah. Again, I, I've never. I don't read anything like this that often. Marvel yeah. doesn't put anything out. They fire Chelsea Kane. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. They make. Uh, there's a joke about it in this book. Uh huh. That's hilarious. Yeah. The uh, it it's troubling to me how probably not very exaggerated. Some of the language is about like, well, we need we need boys to have this space. Uh, there needs to be a, a safe space for the boys. But what about the boys? You know, um, this is the boys' lounge, right? It's <clears throat> one safe space to read comics, play with action figures, uh -huh. you know, boy stuff. Yeah. Like, Ooh, like boy. Not, not everyone can enjoy comics or action figures. Ooh, boy. Or, or yeah, play I love it. Or play the video games. I'm like, what? Like, well, as I was, re as I was re like, earlier the, the day, the day I was reading this, I was at Lost Levels in Claremont at Arcade. Yeah. There were quite a, there was a few girls there. And I was like, good. Everyone's playing video games. This is great. This is why I love. I love when people get together. I love when people, everyone, come together to play video games. That's why I want. And then I get to that scene. It's like, yeah, this is where boy stuff to play video games. Like everyone likes video games. It's not just a boys thing. Stop saying that. It's because they're teenage boys. That's what they. That's what they were learned to, to learn to be. Uh, Brandon, before we go much further, I want to hear some of your thoughts initially on this. Uh, I was surprised where the trade ends. Okay, that's why. I oh yeah, we read issue five. So <laughs> yeah, so the the trade volume is what we're talking about. It was issues one through four, and the fourth issue is entirely a magazine that lives in that universe. Yeah, I uh, I didn't read a lot of that magazine because a lot of it felt re repetitious. I just kind of kept started reading the same thing over and over sure. again. Um, I think that it should. I think the trade. I don't understand if because it's image. Like why the, why isn't the trade one through six? Yeah, it's weird. Like that that was super weird. Like the story just kind of does it's just the story we're following just kind of like 
cuts off. And again, yeah. if like if one through three is the first arc, that's fine. But if you read issue five, it's kind of still a continuation. So sure. it's, it's kind of weird that it's these four issues. Yeah, and I I I think I would have had a better like you guys read five. Yes. Uh, I did not. Uh, I fell asleep. Um, super late. Sure, but, sure. Um. If I had read that, maybe I would have felt a little bit differently. But like, I feel like I just read an incomplete story, and I don't really, I don't often feel that way specifically with image trades. For I, sure, and like, so that's it was a, a kind of a weird. This seems thing. like like it's a instead of it being a traditional. Maybe that's the problem here. It doesn't feel like a traditional one through six is the first story because it's just it's just slowly yeah. building the story every issue. So I thought a lot about it uh, because this is just the trade, and I'm like, you know, regardless of if you've gone to the comic store and you bought this. Um, if you bought issue four, you bought this fake magazine. This is about young girls becoming werecats. We haven't talked about the plot at all yet. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, but I wanted to talk about. No, this. Like, I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. You bought you bought this fake magazine. Uh, yes. That's essentially what you got, and I did read all of it. Yeah. And I, it's it's actually what I really like about this is that it, that magazine helped, but up to that point, um, for sure, it cemented it. But up to that point, I think that she does such a great job making this feel like a very lived-in world. And a very like uh, you know this this has this kind of Spider-Man Far From Home effect of like you know yeah. that feels like something that lives in the MCU. This feels like a world uh, where people that people live in. I feel the sense of this kind of overbearing propaganda against women. Yeah, and uh, I really liked. I actually really liked the way that that was uh, executed. I don't know if I needed a whole comic issue of it, but the way that was executed with the whole magazine. Um, you read some of the stories, and and this is the part that gets me. Is like if you read some of the pieces in here, like how I survived. Uh, or how to like read the signs of your feline cat, which is a f- euphemism for your lady <laughs> in your life. Um, it's it's uncomfortably realistic to how like guys will talk about women. Oh, totally. Uh, and I thought that was really effective because it's drawing this hard line on it and then shoveling over it with cat litter. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, so the story is about um, there's this uh, mod, this Toxoplasmosis X. Toxoplasmosis X. Toxoplasmosis X. And, and uh, Toxoplasmosis and is a real thing. If you're positive, and uh, it, it's spread through cat lit cat litter, um, and if you are positive and you're a lady and you start menstruating uh, in your young teens, then you stand a very good chance of becoming a were cat uh, yep. creature who will just uh, murder their families and everything. And the the scene that they show, like one of the early like flashback ones of the one who killed her mom like and then six, the little like girl. Six I was like, ago. oh, that's really that's really an effective like, uh, like uh, interjection. Her face is gone. Like half yes. of her, yeah, it's yeah. Um, I really appreciated that. Uh, but so this has created this like very strong uh, masculine-based fear of of women um, to the point where, like, there's this one section where they're talking about one of the schools getting all-gendered restrooms and the boys are saying, well, we don't want that because we could be killed in the bathroom then. And it's it's just what a horrifying idea this whole thing is and that uh, women are forced to drink from the tap water because in there the government has got, put in... Uh, yeah, it's got medicine in it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, uh, we can't drink from that because adding those hormones will kill us, but they're for you girls, so you have to drink from there. Right. Like, Wow, this doesn't sound like the 1950s at all, does it? Mm. <laughs> like, wow, I, that's, I love it. I, yeah, I, no, it's like, it's use really it, good. Like, I, that's what I love about comic books and like you know anything that's allegorical. Like, yo, man, we're talking about racism and sexism, but we're talking about werewolves, baby. Like, yeah. I I really I really enjoyed this book. Do you think she's a Swamp Thing fan? She's a fan of that one issue that we <laughs> read. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I thought this I thought this book was generally funny throughout the entire. I did thing. too. Uh, there's so many. There's like there's a oh my god. There's a group of corgis. 
Oh, yes, yeah, the that, are, that, are, that, are, that are like cat hunters, and they all have the best names. Greg, Merkin, Spider-Man, Curiosity, Amy, Palm, Burt Reynolds, uh, Marsha. It's because the, the, the wife, she's never been good at naming anything. And I think that is such a funny, just a funny concept. I love yes. the, the cor- corgis are so cute. I love the corgi named Burt Reynolds. It's, I just love it. <laughs> um, I really like the way she writes the uh, young daughter's interactions with her. With her uh, homies? With her father. Mm-hmm. Oh, with her father, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this isn't surprising. Chelsea Kane has a daughter, uh, daughter at, and so she's good at understanding uh, how to speak with them or, or listening to them a lot. Uh, that's the impression I've gotten from her. Uh, and I really I really like how just unabashedly uh, pro-female this whole thing is. Um, the whole opening with her playing with a superhero tampon. You missed, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, like Mr. Tampon or something? Mr. Uh, Misogyny. Mr. Mr. Oh, Misogyny the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. is the bad guy. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, the personal is political. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, I think that was a great opening to it. Um, the fact that she so directly attacks some of the Trump stuff, like, uh, you know, on the TV at one point is the, the famous, like, pussy-grabbing line. Yeah. Um, yep. That they're wearing the... I'm going to put the explicit tag on this on this episode. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. If the president could say it, we can say it. It wasn't right then. It's not right now. There's this great line of, uh, uh, of Maude. She's watching TV with her divorced parents. And uh, she's like, "Oh, I've seen this episode." And the mom's like, "Oh, she's like, yeah, it's the one where all the where they finally say how they feel, and the parents forgive each other, and they get back together. And cur- the kid turns out really well adjusted." And she's like, "That doesn't sound very realistic." I'm like, "Uh huh, yeah." Court. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so realistic. I hate it so much. Yeah, I love it. There's so many funny lines. Like, uh, there's this there's this this guy named Doug who's really tall, but he's not tall enough. And there's a line of like, yeah. <laughs> yes. where somebody has to stand on Doug's shoulders. Uh huh. Doug's not tall enough. And yeah. and then she's like, "Hey, do you see anything?" He's like, "Well, yeah, because Doug couldn't see it." And he's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> And yeah. that, that just made me bust out laughing because it's like his dialogue is written small. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, there's just so many great little uh, character moments. Let me pull up something right here. Uh, the kids just discovered uh, Nietzscheism existentialism. And they're like, you know, adults have a knack for ignoring the abyss beneath the fragile shell of their own psyches. And I'm just like, I remember being 17 learning about Nietzsche. Oh, my God. It's so true. <laughs> I love it. I just I this book was like written for me, but it's also not written for me because I learned so much stuff about it. Um I, I was like, really, really, I really taken aback. Like I really did like the characterization of all the characters. Um, I will admit, I did not read a lot of it when it was just wall of text. Like the, the as you guys were talking about, like the tampon instructions, I did not feel I needed to read all that. You know, <laughs> it was it was informative. I'll tell you what, much like Watchmen has a lot of supplemental material, you don't have to read it, but if you do, it makes the book way better. Um, I I really appreciated uh, the, the way that a lot of this was handled. Um, I... Uh, I really like the moment with the daughter and the dad where uh, he's she's, you know, kind of flustered because she's menstruating and she doesn't want him to know. But she was in the bathroom for a long time and she's like, Jesus, fine. I used your uh, mustache scissors to trim my pubic hair. OK, I have lots of pubic hair. That's what like, happens. Like, it gets unruly, dad. He's like, Whoa. oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, He's like, uh, okay. There's this line that uh, talks about what happened with her in, in Marvel, and and this is funny because like, this is we are a Marvel family, not a DC family. It's in your blood. That's why I think I loved it. Uh, you may disagree with Marvel sometimes, and occasionally you will question their story decision. That's okay. You will meet people, find people, DC people, and they will tempt you with engaging DC titles. Experiment. Read some Batman. We've all done it. But the siren song of the MU will bring you home, baby. So was I'm thinking. Was this in this book? Was this in yes. This? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. that at all. Yeah. It's like one of the first issues. Yeah, that was. Um, it was like her inner dad talking yeah. to her. It was like a huge page of like the dad just saying all the stuff, and I'm like, oh, she wants to go back home to Marvel. She loves Marvel so much. Mm-hmm. I get it. Oh, I remember that. I read this like a couple hours ago. Um. 
yeah, I really like where this all uh, starts going. Oh my god, uh, you just flashed past it. But the moment where like uh, they're calling people in because of the werecat attack, and they're like, "You have to bring your daughter in because it's suspected." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. And so they're they're bringing her in, and uh, the they're like holding one of the daughters at gunpoint. Oh, and it's like yeah. you know that we can't trust you. Just stay away from her, Billy. Um, and I'm like, wow, this is that is really messed. horrifying. Like, when I got to that part where the daughter was just chilling, and she's like, "What's going on?" And the mom has a gunner. I was like, "That's messed up." Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, where this all goes with uh, the, you know, we didn't intend it as like a coup or a plan or anything, but they start getting all the estro pop, and so a whole bunch of girls have not been drinking uh, what they're supposed to, yes. and so it's a, you know the lead up of the end of issue three, which is uh, her with the cats and like Catney yeah. wants to go out and I'm like, oh man, this is I love this. I, I really want to read more yeah. of this. Um, a lot of these people are quoting Lion King in here. A uh-huh. Wimbo app? Yes. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just uh, like... The Lion Sleeps Tonight, yeah. What the hell is this book? It's so yeah, weird. It's I love it. Yeah, it's super weird. When that first happened, I'm like, oh, I, all right, all right. It's like I crazy see you. cult stuff or something. Yeah. Yeah. At first yeah. when they were like, a Wimbo way, a Wimbo way, a Wimbo way. I was like, why are you singing their all way at Lion Sleeps Tonight? I get it. They got night vision goggles. Yeah, I think that's super funny. This I legitimately like... Again, I keep saying it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. I we read s- many of the same types of comics. Sure, uh, even Image Comics, the pri- dem- uh, primarily men that I the comics that I read. This really wants me to go out and explore more female comics because I, th- it's it's a it's nice to have a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, I want to read this little piece that's supposed to be from the fake editor of the magazine in the fourth issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's this. Cats are highly adaptive and manipulative. Do not believe the pro-cat propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Purring is not a reliable indicator of future behavior. The most docile-seeming cat can turn on a man or a boy in a heartbeat. Yep. In this issue, we explore personal accounts of near-deadly maulings as, we, as well as what you can do to keep yourself safe. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. But it may be the new normal of the man-cat relationship. <laughs> are you a man? Or are you a pussy? Kevin Soder, <laughs> editor-in-chief. Jesus, I love it. Just reading that, I was just like... Mm. It's such disgusting propaganda, yeah. and it's so effective. Like, the whole magazine, I was... Like, Brandon, I like Brandon. I, was, I wasn't really reading it. I was flipping, flipping through, like, some of the things I read. And I'm the whole time reading it, I'm like... Like the, a real magazine. Yeah, but per, like personally, I'm like, man, all this stuff is just wrong. Yeah, this is buddy. Just that's, that's the point. Uh, and, and she really wants you to feel that, and I find it very effective. Um, it's almost yeah, like this is what I really enjoy this feel book. like every day. Whoa. Uh, hey, guys, uh, just real quick, because I thought this would be fun. I'm going to do, uh, for all of us, our Cat Fight Monthly Horoscope that's in this magazine. Oh, I, I remember oh, mine. Yeah, so, that. Ryan, uh, your birthday? I'm, I'm Aquarius. Aquarius. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you ha- creative talents may indicate rage. That's yours. Yep, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben and Brandon, you guys are Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Do not take mauling personally. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm Sagittarius, and it says your relationships with women may be may prove disappointing. Damn! Oh. <laughs> you got a lot of ladies in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's actually pretty accurate. Oh, thanks, oh. buddy. You're you're, you're a champ. The past friend. is the past. Features. Now. I've known you too long. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a a uh, a, a terrific a a political book a uh, uh, hidden political book that yeah. I that I really that I am so glad you bought. Yeah, I am too. Uh, this is. This is really awesome. I'm a buy. I'm a buy volume two. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I am also going to do that. I'm going to buy the rest of the series. I'm. I'm oh, really maybe you just buy it and then I'll read it. Okay. Because I was gonna say you buy volume Wh- one. I'll buy, I'll buy volume two for you. Oh man, that's so sweet. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think Chelsea Kane's doing some awesome stuff with this. I'm so glad that she just dove 
like absolutely unabashedly went for this and said, uh, this is the tone, this is the world, this is what I'm going for. Um, you know, uh, if you are are just so anti-feminism, then guess what? You are not going to like this. Nope. Uh, it's also just a really the, funny book. Yeah, yeah like, it besides is. Besides all the great political stuff, like it is, it, she is she is snappy and she she has she has a real voice to her that I, I am, really like. I am so sad we, we won't see her vision comic. Oh my god! I completely forgot oh, about that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that, what was pulled and canceled book, when she was. Yeah. That book would have been so cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really sad about it. Um, I'm but definitely I'm really glad that she has this. Keep my eye on more Chelsea Kane books from now on. 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. Um, yeah, we could, uh, you know, stain on Kane. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, I think this is awesome. No, I'm good. Yeah, I think it's on up to issue ten. I, I think, think so. I think that's where it's at. So yeah. we're not that far behind. Ben, yeah, it's your book club next week. Ooh. Yes, it is. I totally forgot, so I'll let you know later. <laughs> I like you you good. had it, and then you forgot. Yeah. All right, then. Should we get out of here? Let's yeah. get out yeah. of here. All right, let's do this. Uh, thank you. To, uh, so next week, we're going to be talking with Jen. Yes. Uh, she will be coming on. Uh, she, th- she thieves keys. We're going to be talking about the uh, animated retellings that Disney has been putting out lately. Are we specifically focusing on The Lion King? I'm so sure I it'll be. It's a, a, it's a, I think it's a entry point. Focal point, point yeah. My, my point being... Should people who want to revisit the original anime film do it for this conversation? Sure. Okay. It's a good movie. It it's is a great movie. Um, and uh, also, it's on the list. Be yeah, on I know. the lookout for our Stranger Things fake nerd watch dropping Ooh, on YouTube. Ooh, baby! And the boys. And the boys fake nerd watch. Uh, as uh, as we just mentioned, we have YouTube. We just finished up uh, b- uh, the first season of Basement Arcade. Oh, the first season's over, baby. And oh. uh, the second season of Fake Nerd Watch. Yep. Oh my God, you're right. I was like, oh, what? Crap. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, we've been doing this for a little we, bit. Yeah, we have. Holy crap. Very cool. More stuff coming. We're not done yet. Never done. Uh, we are a Funko affiliate. You guys can check that out by clicking the link in the description. Buying whatever you want. Checking out. Using promo code SHOP10 for 10% off your purchase. Thanks, guys. Hell we have yeah. a Patreon and we have a Public. We're going to remember one, one tier. One tier on Patreon. Keep the tier. lights on. Uh, help keep the lights on. It's been dark for weeks. Help us out. And uh, if you want, if you want to support, I'm proud that of tier. us that every time we say that the lights actually aren't on. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not a liar. Um, the uh, if you if you want to support us on Patreon, you will get uh, our entire back. Well, not our entire back catalog. Working on it. You will get you will get a lot of our back catalog uh, of episodes as they as they originally aired. Uh, online and one you, quarter portion, <laughs> and you get. Uh, all of our special episodes early, uh, not exclusively, but early. So if that's appeal- if that appeals to you guys. Hey, man, I know a lot of Patreons who do exclusive stuff. So, like, d- not now. Maybe later. We do not have, a page- <laughs> have enough people to do <laughs> no, that. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not going to record something and have nobody see it. Because <laughs> we already kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a tea public. Uh, you guys can check that out. Uh, both the links are in the description for that. Our T Public uh, has a bunch of cool shirts up there. New shirts coming, guys. They look I, great. I, they're, they're looking really good. Uh, so you definitely want to check those out. We have our miscellaneous. We have our fake nerds. We have our suburban proctologists. We have a basement arcade uh, and some new really cool shirts coming from some pretty cool creators uh, in the next couple of months. And a sale coming up in two weeks. Heck yeah. So check that out. Uh, link in the description. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, there's no show without you guys. Thank you to Jimmy Bellucci who did our new intro music and oh outro music. My Woo! Cool new. stuff. Uh, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He did our. Uh, uh, he also does our in- interim uh, stuff, our segment intros. Bread and butter. Uh, he has a podcast called Suburban Proctologist, which is now 
back on iTunes. Yay. Hell yeah. Yay. Wherever podcasts can be listened to is you can find that show. It's a really funny show. We should get back on that. He's also in a band called The Element. I saw him posting stuff about The Element recently. Correct. Yeah. So that's There is awesome. exciting stuff happening there. There is also Treasure Town. Hell yeah, baby. He's a very active man. Very Support good Support the man. arts. Love that dude. Support the farts. Um, nope. No? Nope. Oh, okay. Just the arts. Thank Got you. It. Um, I guess I'm not being supported this week. Damn. Not this week. You can find his shows, but the facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. I don't actually think he uses his Instagram. We'll Follow find out. Well, he, he will. Sometimes he goes active again. Follow it anyway. Uh, thank you to Mike Matola, who did our who does our logo. He does our miscellaneous and our fake nerd logos. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks? Uh, so just in relation to our topic, the creator of the GIF file format says that it's pronounced GIF. Listen. So thanks he for shoving that on us. wrong. Uh, I'm at Sparks Witty on Instagram, S P A R K Z Witty. I will die with my honor. My name is Ryan Leopolis. I'm at DJ Tony Stark, and I'm pretty sure I respond to that. I will never say GIF. And I will I will die before I say Jeff. It is yeah. not Jardians of the Galaxy. It's not, <laughs> you're right. I hate this. Uh, Why did uh, you? Oh, is that author intent? Uh, yeah, that's uh, why I brought God it up. Damn it! Yes. <laughs> oh, Mad again. Shit. All right, all right. That's so funny. I'm Ben. You can find me on the internet on Instagram, Twitter, BenNeck27, and also, guys, I didn't. I forgot to mention at the top. <gasps> this is so cool, Ben. Yeah, I'm cool. also writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Yes. I'm only specifically writing the blogs on the website. Um, if I do get it, if an article does come out on the actual magazine, the magazine comes out bi-monthly. So if you want, subs- you can get the magazine for free online. So just go to OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. You can get the magazine for free if you sign up for the email list. And you can find my art, my only one article about the classic gaming consoles, about my thoughts on them. I is read up it. There. Nice article. Oh, thank you. And more are going to be coming up. I'll try to posting every once a week or twice a week, depending on if I have time to do stuff. But yeah, so I'll be doing that. So if you want to talk to me how about, about how about this, Ben? What about, what? I will link those articles in the, in the oh, description. Oh, thanks, Hot the dog. Thanks. So Look yeah, at all the creative stuff. And if I ever here. actually, if an article of mine actually gets printed in a magazine, I will definitely let you guys know. But for now, I'm only on the website. But if you want to check out the website, check out the magazine. Please go for it. It would be awesome because I'm. You guys know me. I love old school video games, and Hell yeah. I have a great place to talk about them now. Also, uh, I'm going to start hard promoting my books on my social media, so be warned. Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine, bud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. I want to write something. Until next week, guys. Release the gift cut. Bringle Fart Bumber Snatch. Are my levels good? Yeah, they're fine. Awesome. That is. That's a thing. Bringle Fart Bundle Snatch? That's, that's I'm pretty sure what I said. Okay. Fucking A, Ben. This is the same we talk about. He always has water on him. Shall we? I'm I always wet, Ben. That's my secret. Oh, my. Put that at the end of the episode.